Everybody, it's me, David from Battleship Pretension, introducing this episode of Battleship Pretension. Which, if you're a loyal listener, you know by the fact that I'm introducing the episode means this is non-canon. This is outside of the the uh, regular run of episodes. This is a supplemental episode. This is what a is boil this? on the. This is a pimple. But a pleasant pimple on the side of the universe. The Battleship Retention yeah. behemoth. Yeah. The reason that I was looking uh, quizzically is because uh, uh, when... I believe there's only been one instance where I wasn't here and a friend of the show, Jason Eakin, subbed in for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you introduce it or did he? I think I did. I feel like you did. Okay, so there, there's an exception. I don't know right why there. that's so important to you two. <laughs> you, you, you have this discussion every time I'm here. Well, should I introduce? Well, I normally introduce the, the thing. That I, uh, well, yeah, I really wonder how few listeners, no offense, care. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Tyler. Um, the regular episodes, Tyler has a very distinctive hello, so people are used to hearing. Right. It. So when ah, I start yes, off driving to work. Yeah. Ah yes, okay. That's I'm waking up in the morning now. <laughs> and they're driving to work, and they, or they're driving wherever. They're driving home, and they hear, "Oh, hey, I'm David Buck." So <laughs> then well, they're gonna be like, "What the hell is this?" You're privy to this conversation a lot because you're on a lot of our. You've been on more episodes than any other guest, and you've certainly been on more bonus episodes than any other guest. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm because, Josh Fadum because by you the are way. Josh Fadum. Yeah, that's what I was getting to. Here's here's what I would say. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> He's been on enough that we need to recognize that uh, sound checks don't mean anything when Josh comes on the show. All right, look at that. Have Everything I was <laughs> had some big blurps and yeah. bursts. That's all. Sorry, guys. The mic's right by your mouth. You're holding it. Oh, should I, is it? No, 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 no. Put put it back where it was. I'm feeling low low key tonight. My voice has a it's kind of a strain hoarseness to it. It's got a you timber. A, you have a dog sleeping on your lap. Yeah. First episode with an animal. I'll say that. Well, no. Charlie's here every week. Yeah, but he doesn't take, you know, he's not like an active he's not, role. Yeah, okay. he's not in the chair probably. Right. 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 Sitting so, with my dog Bobby uh, in, the, in the So, um, real quick, we wanted, as we were talking before we hit record, these summer movie previews, which is what, to, what this is, uh, always go long. So, we want to sort of get into it. But real quick, to catch people up, uh, Josh Fadum is, like I said, our most popular most often oft recurring guest. Thank you. Very nice. The popular one is what I'm going to take home tonight. <laughs> uh, and certainly, the I would say probably about the most knowledgeable movie fan that yeah, I'd say we've that's had right. on. Certainly yeah. more knowledgeable than either of us. Yeah, it's very off-putting. Uh, but Sorry also, one of Los Angeles' funniest, funniest stand-up comedians. And if you are not in Los Angeles, Thank you, again. Um, you can see him certainly on youtube or uh or ucbcomedy.com but you might recognize funny him from, or die too uh funny funny or die yeah some great stuff there you might recognize him from uh a very funny scene of reno 911 he did a few years ago and a, a recurring two-time recurring since i think i've been on on last yes, time a, yeah. a, a, a role on 30 rock as liz's agent not yes. anymore you fired her yeah yeah i i've talked to i dropped be, her yeah uh, I've talked to you since, but we, you haven't been on the show since your second appearance. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Any quickie questions? How did it come about? They 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 asked you. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. exciting. Yeah, 
That's I had gotten a secret tip off from someone on the inside, like you might be, you might be getting asked back. But then I was mm. like, yeah, yeah, believe it when I see it. Um, I'm trying to think. Who shouldn't have said inside. that. Now someone from Thirty Rock is getting fired. Is it fired? Hannibal Burris. Fired. <laughs> fired. Um. And you know it's it's interesting. I actually when I when I watched that uh, that episode, I I enjoyed you very much, of course. But uh, I found myself it was bittersweet because like when you fired, I thought like, oh man, they're bringing Josh back. This is very exciting. But then when you say said to her that she's fired, I was just like, well, I guess that's it for my buddy Josh. Well, but you don't know. You know, you never know. Writers can come up with new, th- yeah. can come up with ways to bring people back. Absolutely, you know? and they should. Yeah, now, you. Told and, me- I mean, someone on this crew was like you know probably see you next season not not a writer or tina uh-huh. fey or anything but <laughs> but someone said that so awesome. we, we can still we can still use the term recurring rather than recurred yeah. <laughs> um yeah and you told me a funny of course uh, uh, yes when when i read the script i was like oh they're getting rid of me <laughs> they're just tying up the loose ends they don't really want to bring me back but you did tell me a funny story about the moment you fire uh, Liz Lemon and you ha- and you treat her like a dog because you're a dog's agent. Uh-huh. You told me a funny story about being in that in that moment. <laughs> okay, the story you told me was that you were getting lots of notes from lots of different directions, uh, but then in the moment while cameras were rolling, uh, Liz Lemon improvised a facial expression. You played off it and oh yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I just I, I think no, nothing really special. Just so, but the funny maybe not you, even something I would tell other people, but something like if you're a Thirty Rock nerd, I'd be like, she she ad-libbed a facial expression and then I I played off the expression and then I was like, that was cool. I just uh, worked with Tina Fey. Well, I think the way you put it to me, and this was like shortly after the episode aired, you said uh, that you were actually in the moment, like seriously in the moment with Tina Fey for a second, and then the realization that you were in the moment with Tina Fey kind of crashed in on oh, that. yeah, that's probably what happened. I was like, hey, I, I truly reacted off something she did as an actor. That's what actors do. And then and then I'm like, oh, I guess I'm not acting anymore. I'm just trying to remember my lines now. I uh, th- Because this story I'm about to tell is totally comparable. When I was acting in high school, um, there would be moments when uh, – <clears throat> When I had to like do something funny or do something dramatic and the audience would respond. And I remember in my head, I'm like, wow, this is going well. This is really they're really eating it up. And I'm like, you're on stage. Say you're talking right now. Like, how do you know you didn't just say what you just thought? And uh, and it really freaked me out. And then uh, that would jar me back into the scene. But uh, but yes, just that where you step outside and look at yourself and think this is pretty neat. Yeah. All right, so that's who Josh Bateman is, everybody. I was Let's... also on an episode of Eagle Heart on Adult Swim. Oh, that's right. Which with, I, wasn't, uh, I wasn't able to watch, but it looked um, wonderful. Right. It was, it, yeah, with that was lovely, another With the lovely, what's her name, Marissa Thayer? Maria Thayer. Maria Thayer. Yeah. Yeah, she's, uh, she's very attractive. Yeah, and, and Chris <laughs> Elliott. He's, he's pretty attractive, Yeah, too. he's pretty good looking. Yeah. Um, well, this is Michael, awkward. Michael Gladys. Oh. He's he had a, a lot of makeup good, on, good so you couldn't see how handsome he was. Well, this is very awkward because uh, Brett we, Gelman hideous, hideously. <laughs> we usually like to, you know, do this behind the scenes, but there's no question that you're going to be able to get Chris Elliott for our show, right? <laughs> oh, well, I think he's coming. 
He's on his way over here. Oh my gosh! I better turn my phone back on. Okay, here's how we do this. It's uh, it's summer. Let's movie. get into this crap. Summer movie preview time here. On I Battle can guarantee you, I'm gonna be like, ugh, and pass. Who we, cares? We always use the Entertainment Weekly summer movie preview issue as the guide, and the, we're not gonna break with tradition. Uh, and what they they go chronologically, except for they always have one story at the beginning that's sort of whatever they've deemed the biggest thing, mm-hmm. and um, the biggest shithole of this well, summer. Well, actually, this year. Slow down there, buddy. Shit. This year, coincidentally, for me, I'm gonna hate it all. The one they've picked as their big summer movie of the year is the is probably about the only big like, you know, tentpole summer movie type of movie that I'm looking forward to this summer, and that's Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two. What? You're not a fan of the Harry Potter franchise? I'm not a not fan. I'm just not a care. Oh, I think they've been. Have you seen all of them? And they've been I've seen all of them up until, I don't know, a couple of them ago, and they just slip right out of my brain the moment I walk out of that theater. Like, that's that's really too bad. You stopped watching right when they start. Not the, I, I, liked, I had to sit I liked through them up like until seven, then, like, three-hour movies <laughs> Yeah. Well, no, here, before they, they started getting good. They had um, a different director. Okay, they had Christopher Columbus for the first two. Arguably the best director. Um, <laughs> Alfonso Cuaron <laughs> for the third one. Who? Uh, Alfonso Cuaron. Never heard of him. Okay. Nobody. Um, Mike Newell for the fourth one. And then for the back half, the last. Doesn't the last Mike Newell sound like one. some sort of a coach of a team or something? Like, I mean, like a, a Little League coach or whatever? Yeah. No, not a director of a movie? <laughs> oh, you mean just by his name? Yeah. You, you don't think like directed by Mike Newell. It sounds like, <laughs> hey, Mike Newell is. Uh, is uh, coaching uh, my son's Little League team yeah. right you now. You don't think of him as a British director in a waistcoat. <laughs> yeah. He's, 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 he's a charming uh, guy. Alfonso, Alfonso Cuaron, that sounds like a director. Even yeah. Chris Columbus doesn't sound like a good one. But it's like, Mike, Mike, is your is your wife bringing the orange slices and the Capri Suns to soccer <laughs> practice? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Come on, Mike. Come on, Mike. Mike, you did a great job. <laughs> but in the in the in the in the... The last, the back half of the series, they've settled on David Yates, and he's done a a great job of making that transition from it being, you know, teen fair. I mean, good teen fair, mm-hmm. but making this as J.K. Rowling did with the books as, as they went along. He's shown uh, like boners and stuff in the movie now, huh? In he's, the next one, yeah. That's what you happened? know what? You're joking, but here's the thing: there actually has been a surprising amount of adult content in the yeah, last. Yeah, that's why I peeked in. My girlfriend and I were in like uh, somewhere in like just lost in Connecticut, and we like walked into the to the theater like when we were going to see a different movie and watched about fifteen minutes of Harry Potter. I was like, "This is some really risque stuff." It's not for kids anymore; they're no. all grown up now, right? Yeah, I mean they're still getting PG thirteen ratings, but um, uh, David Yates, who the hell is this guy? Every time I hear his name, I just think, well, "Why is he not Peter Yates?" <laughs> right? You yeah. know. But he's uh, he should be Peter Yates instead of David Yates. But he's a different person. Yeah, well, he should be Peter. He's British. Um, Peter Peter's Yates, British. Peter Yates is British. <laughs> Didn't Peter Yates just pass away? I think he did. He dir- just to make sure, is the director of the Dresser, right? He did director the Breaking of Away. Friends of Eddie Coyle. Friends of Eddie Coyle. All right. Well, we just said three things, and now I don't know. <laughs> I w- the one thing I wanted confirmation on, you guys didn't help with. I don't know the Dresser. I mean, that sounds really boring. <laughs> it's Was about- it just about uh, folding yeah. your clothes. <laughs> yeah, but it's Albert Finney and Tom Courtenay folding clothes, so it's pretty interesting. So anyway, these Harry Potter, these last four uh, and uh, have been 
there's been a consistent through line in the Harry character, you know, they've been more Harry Carey. Yeah, the Harry Carey character. So he kills himself, Japanese style? <laughs> yeah, period. Was, good for you not going the obvious way. I with was that. picturing Harry Carey, the the baseball announcer. Um See, anyway, I'm more literate. I don't know anything about sports. And the um yeah, okay, so I'm the only person looking forward to Harry Potter. No, I'm absolutely looking forward to it. Josh oh, is okay, Peter Yates. Yeah, I watched a movie called John and Mary a few months ago with Dustin Hoffman and Mia Farrow from the late 60s, hmm. and he directed it. It was about, you know, these New York youngsters, and it was really good. Here's what's going to be interesting about this uh, this episode. Um, that I don't in, care about in, summer in, movie. In spite of the, the constant interruption. It's fine. Um is uh, we're trying to talk about summer movies, and you're going to be like, what about this late 60s movie that no yeah. one has heard of? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm trying to enlighten the viewers and saying... Listeners, please. <sighs> listeners, I'm going to be... Wa- when I listen to it, I'm going to be looking at my monitor. I'm going to be staring at that little sky uh, just slowly streaming by in those numbers, so count me as a viewer. All right, um, fair enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Okay, like, so this one is going to be... Um, What's the next movie? Let's get on with Harry Potter. Harry I have Potter, nothing. This is going to be sort of the big, and this is going to be a big action movie because. Oh, it's going to be a big flush the toilet on it movie. All right. All right. Whose is it? Who is it? By the way, I could really give a shit about the next comic book movie that comes out. Any of them. I th- what's the next one? Captain America? They're or, all no, shit. Or is Green Lantern? Green, I think Green Lantern. They all stink. You want to see Ryan Reynolds for two hours? No. Doing anything? I think he's a charismatic. I, I, I don't care much about green lantern i don't find, charismatic I a, a thing about that guy <laughs> well tyler and i both uh were like him? not no we, we were uh more in favor of thor than both than we expected and you saw it it's out already yeah mm-hmm. that shows how little i've been paying attention to these people these things i don't care you're really not selling the concept of this episode my, to the listener. I'm not giving my criticism of well, I'm trying to what, what I'm trying to represent is those out there in the listening audience that really are fed up with the garbage that is being made. That's like how you have to hit these these parts of the demographic mm-hmm. to uh, make a green light a movie, and it's going to be multi million dollars. Also, on a side note, stars are irrelevant now, it seems. Yeah, Movie we've, stars. we've done an episode. I don't know if that episode is still oh, really? available. It's pretty old, that one. Yeah, a long time ago we did an episode about that. Well, I think now more than ever, stars are irrelevant. Who's Chris Hemsteed? Who is... Hemsworth. Who is Chris Murth... Who is the other guy who's playing Captain America? Cr- you know? Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Who, Chris Mimspevans. Who is Ryan Reynolds? I mean, I know who he is, but so who is any of these Blade X-Men Trinity. new X-Men boys? The X-Men, X-Men Young Boys. Is that what it's called? James it's McAvoy. Called X-Men Young Boys. James McAvoy, <laughs> James McAvoy and, <laughs> and a bunch Fassbender. of nobodies. Michael Fassbender is playing the eldest ups- of the Young Boys. Let me ask you this. Are you upset? Are you upset at, are you set, uh, let's say X-Men. Would you rather it be full of like big stars that you've heard of or nobodies? Because I'd rather not see another X Men movie and see some uh, and see some good drama or good action movie or good something that's not uh, devised by people saying, "Well, we need to hit these demographics." So, well, then you're you're in luck because <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> May twenty sixth, The Hangover Part Two comes out. Boring. <laughs> Bradley did like, Cooper. Did you like The Hangover, the first one? Uh yeah, I mean I th- guess I didn't hate it. It was like yeah okay that was some, but I don't like the laziness of the third act where they just like well, 
we've done enough. Uh, let's uh, wrap it up and get back to the end. You know, let's uh, drive down to the end of the road and just go get there. Also, it felt like there was a lot of subplots in the movie that were just like, like they probably had a whole bunch of stuff with that guy Mike Epps, and then uh-huh. and then they just felt you know and he's like, hey everybody, I'm the black guy, and then they're just like, <laughs> uh, well, we're gonna cut his stuff out and just kind of wrap it up. He's know? too big of an actor to have only been in the scenes he was in. Like it does seem like yeah, he'd be a bigger part like of it. Yeah, he's got like a big following, you know. Yeah. And and it seemed yeah, like he, but I bet you he had some funny stuff that we didn't get to see. I think that like his having such a small small role in the Hangover is like evidence of the fact that as like Dave Chappelle talked about on the Chappelle Show, there's like white celebrities and like black celebrities because Mike Epps is a a big comedic actor in like that community of 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 black comedy movies right. and, and black stand-up and a lot i think i think maybe uh maybe white people would know him from like the friday sequels but even then i don't i think yeah, a lot of, a lot of people don't see the friday sequels. he was on in the honeymooners he was ed norton oh see i didn't see that see, but i, I think a lot of white people it. don't know who mike epps is and part that's too of me bad he's i was funny. sort of like i was like oh i hope that this shows a broader audience white people what mike epps does uh-huh. and then instead it's like he's like hey buddy i'm mike epps <laughs> and then it's like which seemed like a strange line out. in the film it seemed very out of yeah. uh, uh out, out of, of all the lines they cut out they kept that one in <laughs> <laughs> um so i don't really care about the hangover two at this point i like zach galifianakis yeah it like does Ed seem Helms. like it's, it, it's hate bradley cooper the story is hate him way too i think we've talked about this before actually but the story is way too it's the exact same story as the first one except in bangkok and that seems like a bad idea because you can't you're not gonna you're not gonna capture lightning in a bottle twice we're we're messed up again everything about it has the home alone 2 lost in new york (laughs) quality to it where uh, some people are excited about it i don't i like the first hangover but it's just like so it's the same three guys in many in many like you see uh, Ed Helms, and he's got like the ta- like the Mike Tyson tattoo on his face. And it's like, and that's prominently featured in the poster. And it's like, oh, so it's just like the missing tooth. Like it's right. it's being marketed the same way wait, wait, wait. because it's the same movie. Uh, There's Saturday Night Live sketching Hangover right. Part Two. Yes. Here's uh, my uh, other uh, complaint about Hangover One and Bradley Cooper in general. Limitless and, 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 star. What's that? The star of Limitless, Bradley Cooper. Yes. The pill that makes you successful movie. I heard that was pretty good. I still haven't seen it though. I I'm just see, I feel like I, my critical mind is is shut off and 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 my voice is just like you mention a movie and I'm like fuck that eat shit movie I hate that <laughs> I'm not actually like saying anything today. But here's my actual piece of criticism for The Hangover at the beginning because they set up all the characters and like ha he's goofy ha he he does he's a uh, pushover in The Hangover. Uh, about Ed Helms, and then haha, Bradley Cooper. Oh, he's our Bugs Bunny hero, and they show him like, I don't, doesn't he do something awful like a, a group of kids? Yeah, or he st- steals money from kids. Yeah, and it's like we're supposed to think that's cool, you know? See, I don't think we are. I, I think I saw it a different way. I think no, I think that we are. I like, I don't spo- think we're supposed to like any of them. I, it's I, the beginning of the movie, and he's our hero, and we're like, oh no, this hero guy. Uh, is in this shitty situation. I we think, love him already. I actually think that uh, your the way you phrased it, which was Bugs Bunny, like he's supposed to be like, oh, what a scamp! Look at him stealing money from children. Yeah, but instead, that's he just, not the he impression just feels that like I got. I, I thought I think the reason I like The Hangover is because all the leads are so unlikable, and it's about awful people kind of bringing an awful thing on themselves and having to deal with it in a funny way. 
I'm not sure. I'm trying to think. I don't know if I, I'm 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 on board with you because even like the movies, the things that are about like awful people, there's still something that like in in an anti-hero sense that you latch onto, and I don't think there's anything like that with Bradley. Cooper. I think it's just like totally misguided. Yeah. Uh, just yeah, it's misguided, and they're just like, oh well, we need him to be like an asshole, and like, what if what's something like really awful like that this guy can do? Oh, he'll steal money from kids, and and then they don't they don't give him anything that's like, well, what do we have to latch onto this guy for? He's just a prick who's mean to people. Let me suggest this: perhaps the uh, the what is interesting about the first Hangover is that the the natural lead of the film. Would be Justin Bartha. Bar- Bartha is how you say the last name, yeah. right? Uh, um, unfortunate last name. Yeah, but he's he's kind of a likable guy. Like, hey, he's, Justin Bartha. More like Justin. More like Justine Bartha. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, See, there, that was the joke. I think we did a nice setup because there's two ways you could go with Bartha, <laughs> and instead we went. It's pretty clever. We're all very smart. Yeah. Um, but and the viewers, uh, I think, appreciate that. Listeners, <laughs> but uh, I'm sorry, uh, the viewer, Josh. Viewer. Ray. But, uh, Where's the camera in here? But he would have been like the natural lead, and so to remove him from the situation and all of these supporting characters who are each kind of, I would venture to say, one note, are elevated to lead status, I think that's what made it interesting, is the character that is usually our emotional entry point into any situation is removed, and now we got to watch these three jackasses try and figure things out. I feel like that's what made it interesting and possibly even original, I don't see how they could possibly do it. Well, here's with the second one. Here's uh, I'll, well, I'll talk what about they do the, is they present Justin Barfa again, and then they take Justin Barfly out again, and then they're like, "Where's Justin Barster?" <laughs> um, uh, the thing that I one of the main things that I like about The Hangover um, is the cinematography and locations and art direction. How it all feels very like for a big budget studio comedy it feels very real and down to earth and lived in it actually looks like i mean i've been to las vegas but it looks like a real place it's well shot is that what you're saying yeah but also like the the way they pick locations it doesn't seem Mm -hmm. like uh the kind of locations a movie studio Uh, would pick they're they're realistic looking and i say that like vegas landmarks and such yeah they don't really do that um in a little bit but um if they can carry that over to Bangkok, that will that could be at least something of a saving grace for the movie. But I don't know if it'll be enough to make it good. Let's move on. I'm going to keep keep moving. You know, We're, for The Hangover 2, I'll be taking a B vitamin and ibuprofen before I see the movie. Okay. Does that... I don't, <laughs> I don't get uh, the joke. But is that... A, that helps you with a hangover. <laughs> oh, all right. I don't uh, drink, so I don't... Uh, I, I don't get hangovers. That's not true. Um, that is not uh, true. The Beaver... Um, Came and went. I think I saw that it was... Did it uh, already come out? Yeah, came and went. I I believe it was such a flop that I think it ranked, like, 36th. On opening weekend? Th- yeah, this week, this past weekend. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Hobo with a Shotgun is out now. I'm not really interested. You can read a review on BattleshipRetention.com. Right. Not, uh, not from me. Again, I'm sort of like, I'm a little over it. Yeah, you know? but uh, you seem like the type that would enjoy Rutger Hauer. I do. I love Rutger Hauer. But for some reason, I'm a little over it. I don't know why. I just don't care. I, hopefully, the shotgun feels like uh, snakes on a plane yeah, exactly. to me. Like it's it's so trying Something so hard like, to be aimed at a thing, at, a, at an audience that usually only likes these things when they're not. Yeah. You know, like for some reason, I see the poster and I see the artwork and I'm like, I like the font. I like Rutger Hauer. 
Why don't I care? You know, uh-huh. I feel like it's going to be an example of everything about the movie is like very nudge nudge. <laughs> Aren't we being funny? But one guy will not have gotten the hipster cleverness memo, and that's Rutger Hauer. And he's pro- I could see him delivering a really solid performance that you can kind of latch on to, and so I could see it being worth it for that. Uh, he'll be to Hobo the Shotgun what Keenan Thompson was to Snakes on a Plane. Oh, absolutely. This sort of anchoring element. Exactly, I never really. saw Snakes on a Plane. I did, um, and that movie's terrible. Uh, Thor, we've already talked about. Uh, we, we both... Uh, Mostly liked it. I'd say. I'd say I. I. I'd say I very, Not very if. much liked it. I'd Not give it a a B minus, maybe even a solid B. I give it a solid B. I okay. give it a not interested. Uh, well, speaking of not interested, speaking of not interested, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides, literally couldn't be less interested. It's you know what I like the first one. I thought the second one meh. I really was frustrated with the third one, and, but like the but third the one, fourth one saved me. Then the sixth one, I was like, I don't know so much. But then the seventh one, I was like, okay, now they're doing something. And then the eighth one, I was like, huh. And the ninth one, I was like, oh no, wait, is the ninth one was that the second? Or and then the th- and then I was like, which one has Keith Richards in it? And little like, did I know that I had had a stroke uh, <laughs> after the sixth one, and everything else was just uh, imagined. But uh, but I didn't like the third one certainly, but. It, to me, it was like, well, at least it ends with a certain degree of finality. And then I thought, wait, it made a lot of money. There is no finality when there's money to be made. Right. And I could not give less of a shit, in spite of the fact that it's got uh, Ian McShane in a very yeah. juicy role. Well, my I understanding like him. from having read this article is that it's pretty much a, a standalone story, not part of the Ooh, other three. They, uh, Orlando Bloom and Keira Knightley are not back. That's a good call. Jeffrey Rush is back. Also a good call. Um... But uh, not Gore Verbinski directing, Rob Marshall directing. Yeah. Did you see... That guy sucks. The thing with him? That guy's a dork. No, what thing? He's Hold uh, on. I want to address both, the, both of you. Okay, you, th- okay, no, we'll, you first. What we'll thing? address his dorkness in a minute. Um, there's going to be a, uh, a remake of The Thin Man, and yeah. he's going to be directing it. What has he done? He did I, Chicago, I didn't like Chicago and Memoirs of a Geisha. He's just some I sort of like... of a He's like a pawn boy... He's like a pawn that, like, people are like, he's going to be our uh, prestigious director, you know? Did he, he did do Chicago? Ni- did he do nine? Hey, Bobby, come I on. I think he now. might have done nine. He did. Um, yeah, he did. He did Chicago. Did he do Dreamgirls? He did nine. Memoirs no, of a Geisha. No, no that's, that's Bill, Bill Condon. Condon. Oh, I like Bill Condon, right? Um, yeah, but he's not who we're talking about. Bill Condon did Gods and, Gods and Monsters. Yes. Yeah. yeah which, like, is actually like like, which is actually like, I, I, I quite enjoy Gods and Monsters. But it's also kind of like really bad at the same time. Bobby, be a good boy. Is it? I honestly haven't watched it in. 10, it's like 10 every years, the, every scene almost. is like Ian McKellen. like, oh, <laughs> Ooh, he's a, he's like a little stay for some more tea. He's a little oh. queenie. I'll say that. Well, I mean, that's the character. But what about but like, it? What do you think of his performance? He's great in it, but the screenplay <laughs> lends itself to being like, it's like um, maybe you'd like to come in and hear about that little tiny pricks. <laughs> you know, and like every every other scene is him being like, "Take off your shirt, why don't you?" You know, like uh, something. Here's what Bobby says about it. Oh, well, uh, now nope. he's not growling. <laughs> uh, but wait, let's back up. Pirates. Yo, Rob Marshall. This guy sucks. He's uh, <laughs> he makes Chicago. Didn't see it. It's and not th- good. And then he's like, "Hmm, okay, now I'm an Oscar guy." And uh, and then and I remember like seeing all the speeches, being like, "Rob Marshall." 
you are such a hero and you're such a brave director and blah 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 and I'm like this guy stinks this guy's nothing yeah there's no, he's just like directing standards like like someone gave him the manual he couldn't have he probably couldn't didn't even need to be there it's just someone dire- it's a machine people are directing the movie something's making the movie whether he's there or not well, he he knows how to make things theatrical and lush but there's no there's no point of view at all in Chicago I don't there's think he, that- it's him making the movies that's how cynical I am about it I think it's just there's a team of people. They're calling the shots. We got the script. It's going to be like this. This is what happens in Oscar movies. So, in Oscar bait movies. So, make it like that. And he made that movie, Memoirs of a Geisha. Remember? Yeah. Who saw that? Not I me. did. You did? No, it's not good. I didn't see it. Oh, you did see it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw good. it. It's not good. I don't know. See, you saw it because why'd you see it? Um, the woman that I worked for got um, uh, a guild screener and lent it to me. At the time, yeah. So you didn't I didn't pay, pay to see it. I and watched then, it at home. and then he made the nine. Like, who cares? No, no, uh, just nine. Oh, nine. Okay, the nine. Oh, that's a different movie, huh? The nines. That's the well. There's the, the nine with, was a TV show, right? The nine was a TV show. The nines was with Ryan Reynolds, and then there was nine, and then there was the number nine, yeah, which nine. was an animated. This little film. piggy went all the way home. <laughs> okay, um, moving on. Kung Fu Panda two. I love the first one. I'm. Skeptical as always with sequels, especially. I think the more I like a movie, the more skeptical I am of, of a sequel. I'd say that's about right. So, did you see Kung Fu Panda? Nope, don't care. It's really I, good. I think you might like it. I can't, I mean, I, I really kind of, I, I don't see any computer animation. That's how well, much of an old caveman I am. I'm just like, boring. But I think Kung Fu Panda is a testament to the uh, kinetic possibilities of cinema here's what they did with the pirates movie though backing up for a second they made three <laughs> of them this movie. why do you think why sucks. do you think these last three hours <laughs> they made three of them and then they're like all right we're done let's do it again yeah <laughs> let's do it again well, you know I, do, why do you do you think gore, gore verbinski didn't come back because he was like i'm done or what, what happened? i think well, I he think probably he has done, enough yeah. houses now that he doesn't need to make another one what's johnny depp's excuse he's got Plenty of money. Uh, my my wife brought up uh, a possible. Okay, he's got baby Caribbean money. location, money, and opportunity to play a fun character. Uh, he's got enough opportunity. I don't know. I feel like I agree. He is going to be playing Nick Charles in uh, the yeah, Thin Man I, remake. The there was remake? a time not the that long Man. ago. My movie directed was a, by the fine Rob Marshall. I was going to say there's a time not that long ago, but I guess at this point I'm getting older, and it wasn't long ago when. Uh, Johnny Depp had real taste, and his being in a movie was a good sign that, that it would was be something thing. interesting. Yeah, that was the, the. It's like, oh, Johnny, it's a Johnny Depp movie. It'd be so cool if he would just go work with some like, you know, like John Waters type again or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, whoever um, the equivalent of John Waters is now, you know. Uh, Greg Araki. He should do a Greg Araki movie. Ugh. Um, Ugh. You know what? That's not a bad equivalent. Like that's pretty but equal. Still, you know, maybe he should. I'd yeah, see the Greg Araki movie if Johnny Depp were in it. <laughs> Um, but I wouldn't but yeah, now, see a like, Greg Rocky movie now, and I wouldn't see a Johnny Depp movie now. It's gotten to the point where it's literally like the opposite. Johnny Depp being in a movie is a reason not to see it. Almost, I do want to see. I still haven't seen it, but I do want to see Rango. I've heard good things oh, about right. that. Yeah, I've had have heard some good things. Not interested. Uh, Jumping the broom. Anyone interested? No, I don't. That's. I think I just saw a poster for that. And it's like it's one black family on this side of the town, and then another black family on this. It's side. It's a wedding, and well, like I think the. The bride's family is rich, and the groom's family is working class. And uh, based on reviews that I have read, as seems to be the trend in movies like this, I apologize if that sounds offensive, um, there's a lot of Christian stuff shoehorned into it as well. 
When you say movies like this, you mean black movie movies but aimed not at black Tyler families. Perry movie. Yeah, kind of. Not Tyler Perry movie. No, but I, no, I, but it, it's. Um, do you see all the Tyler Perry movies? Uh, no. Oh, it is because aren't it, they? Don't they? Aren't they? No, aren't they like a, a Christian message movies always by the end of it? Like, don't they always try to like? I've only them? seen. That's uh, what I've heard. Diary of a Mad Black Housewife. What? Diary of a Mad Black Woman. No, yeah, and then there's a movie called Diary of a Mad Housewife yes. from a long time ago. Um, okay. Without black people in it. <laughs> I, I haven't seen Diary that. of a Mad Carrie Snodgrass. Okay. Uh, Diary of a Mad Black, black Woman. Mad House Black Woman. Um, guy. Yeah, I, I feel like... And then I've also seen a, the video... A videotaped version of one of his plays. Just acted on stage. A videotape of uh, The Marriage Counselor. Which... Do they make a movie of that as well? The Marriage Counselor? Maybe. I I, He's only made like 24 movies in the past five years or something. Um... <laughs> Literally. I meant that literally. Oh, of course, yes. <laughs> um, uh, and I feel like his, quote-unquote, Christian ideals are actually more old-fashioned family values ideals that that kind of bother me, like uh, patriarchy um, mm, Yeah, a, a lot of the time. and uh, It really simplifies... Hey, you know what? I haven't seen any of them, so who am I to say? However, I've read a lot about them because... Being a Christian as I am, I and they purport to have, you know, to uphold certain values. Uh, I have taken a great deal of interest in them. Not so much that I've seen any of them. But, uh, yes, it does seem like it's kind of a pandery thing and an old-fashioned thing. And everything, in order to espouse certain, like, as you said, like a patriarchy kind of thing, in order to get there, they have to have, like... A shrewish woman and then like a nice saintly woman and then the man has to make a choice. Gosh, I wonder which one he'll choose. Like there's no complexity to them or anything like that. Although I have heard what's called riding the broom. Jumping the broom. Riding the broom is about a witch. Okay. Uh, It would be. Jumping jumping the broom. I'm sorry. Yes. Do you know that means to get married? The broom is like the line that separates. No. In... in, uh, I'm not sure what the culture... In certain old-fashioned cultures there was a wedding tradition where once the bride and groom were married, they would literally jump over a broom. That's they just dumb. Stole it, they just stole it from Judaism, stepping on the glass. Yeah, I guess so. But I know glasses. it because Jews there's got a, that glass thing. We we got oh, we, we, broom. The I know the the, the folk. Or was it a, a typo and they meant to be like jumping the groom? Because that's what? what they do when they get married. There's right. a song that uh, I'm not sure who wrote originally, but I they do it. Um, Sandy Denny, the. Um, Folk songstress who yeah. was with Fairport Convention, did her own stuff, has a song called Let's Jump the Broomstick, which is an awesome song. Hmm. I don't think she wrote it, though. But uh, I have that's heard, what I know. I heard that, that Sandy Denny used to drive, like, she would dr- drive, drove a couple dudes crazy. Really? Yeah, like, I, I think it. Jimmy Page kind of went nuts over her. And then there's this also this folk singer named Jackson C. Frank, who uh, um, was kind of discovered in obscurity, you know, about eight years ago, like, on the street, homeless, and... Mm-hmm. He had this like major relationship with Sandy Denny, and then, uh, and then he wound up like homeless on the streets. But his music's really good. And also, when he was a kid, he was the only surviving member of like a elementary school fire. Wow! So tough life for that guy. Okay, so um, is it racist that I mentioned jumping the broom, and then we immediately start talking about Tyler Perry movies, which is just not at all? No, no well, but no, the same we want to get back to the Christian. Audience. Yeah, the, the, but, but the audience, they're like, well, this will this will work for our Tyler Perry demographic. Yeah, I mean, whoever says whoever's putting it out. I don't think it's any the man. I'll be honest with you. I don't think it's any more racist than the film being made and just feeling like, 
Well, the, the same audience will see this. They'll see anything that we throw at them. So, and we don't throw a lot of things at them. So, anything they, uh, you know, they'll see anything we we want them to see. Speaking of, I Black feel like Bell- that's a very cynical uh, attitude that studios have. I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Oh, I just have you guys seen the films of Charles Burnett? No, I know what you're. talking about. You know about. who he is, though. Yeah, Killer of Sheep. Yeah, Killer of Sheep, and mm. um, uh, to sleep with anger. Um, I, I recently watched a killer, or I, I sleep recently. Blah, I recently watched Killer of Sheep, and it's it's really great, yeah. and uh, it represents this time and period of uh, Los Angeles, and also, you know, black cinema that, um, that no movies do, you know, and uh, and and also the time that it came out, it seems almost like it could be like a reaction to black exploitation. Um, it would be neat if someone were making a movie people were making movies like his movies or someone were giving him a lot of money to make a movie to appeal to that audience the black audience well to move on and good point sorry yeah, <laughs> point thanks. well made anyway I just want to keep these things moving yeah we get it Fatum uh, let's go the further uh, we get it you've seen Charles Burnett films further you're detailing, very smart further detailing the downward trajectory unfortunate trajectory of Paul Bettany's career <sighs> Priest what is it with him and uh, strangely religious-themed Yeah, what things? was the one he was in Ugh. that you saw? The Angels and Demons first one? Uh, oh, he was in Da Vinci Code. Yeah. What's the one I'm thinking Legion. of? Legion. Legion. Wimbledon. I... Wimbledon. Uh, Creation. Creation. Um, <laughs> I don't know what else he was in. A, Be- a Beautiful Mind. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I don't know anything about Priest, and I... I don't, don't care. Is it a comic book or a video game or something? Probably. Let's see. What's next? I hate to be like like dismissive of things, but That's there are some I things do. I just don't care. That's how I feel about everything. If you haven't gotten that from what I've been talking, it's, about. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm picking to, it up. Yeah, but I tend to I don't get excited about movies until I, I start almost feel like reading it's reviews. Like when I'm like whining and picking this stuff apart, like throughout, it's, I'm almost like oh, I'm just preaching to the choir. I'm just saying the same thing. I'm just you know like wh- like yeah yeah. Who wants to sit through him saying this same crap over and over again? You know. Um, that is how I feel about. And I'm like, and a part of me is like, oh, should I just shut up? Do I just sound like I'm just being, re- you know, repetitious? Like, well, no, you're making specific points. You're not just, you're not just dismissing everything and saying next. Well, I'm trying to. I've, but I've, you're making like, specific points I'm as to why. To dig into my brain to make specific points. So but, just being, fuck that. You guys know why it's bad, right? Yeah. Okay. So things like priest and movies in general, I don't. I try not to feel strongly either way about them until there starts being good reviews or buzz. So on that note. Moving on to F- Paul Feig's Bridesmaids, which is getting very good word oh, of mouth. I'm interested in seeing that. I yeah. got to pee real quick. Okay. Should we keep going? Yeah, keep going. Okay. Are you interested, Tyler, in the uh, Yeah, I, it sounds... Kristen uh, Wiig uh, wrote it or co-wrote it, right? Yeah, yeah. I think, and I think both. I like her. I like that she's starting to, uh, I don't know, gain prominence. I remember uh, her performance in the movie Extract, which is only a so-so movie. Uh, I thought was really great, and I just I like her in almost everything I've seen her in. I loved her yeah, in Don't See Paul. Don't See Paul. Oh, that's too bad. No, I mean she's giving it her best. She's just the most lazily written character in the movie. Oh, okay. But that's the thing. She's giving and it'll it her specifically best. Specifically, offend you. Yeah, I th- you know what? Okay, I think I'd I'd heard that she's like a trailer park uh, Christian the or something. Fundamentalist right? Christian. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but that's the thing. I'm sure she's very good, and I'm sure that if the character had been written better, she would have like risen to that. Mm-hmm. I I like her in Adventureland. I like yeah. her in Knocked Up. 
Yeah, she's, she's great, great and knocked up. Knocked up. And just, she's somebody who she's always memorable, even in what I would say are like little bit roles or supporting roles. And so the idea of her being, I don't know, having created something and playing, you know, one of the lead roles. I'm excited for that. I really like her as an actress. And this also stars Kristen Wiig. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm on board too. I, I feel like uh, Kristen Wiig is enormously talented. Um, I, I don't like uh, most of Judd Apatow's uh, output, but I like Kristen Wiig. I like Maya Rudolph. I like John Hamm. I like ensemble comedies. Yeah. I like a lot of those Groundlings people that seem to be in the movie. Melissa McCarthy, mm-hmm. who is an undersung. Unless you were a fan of Gilmore Girls, which everyone should be, a lot of people don't know who Melissa McCarthy is, but she's, well, she's awesome. She's Mike and Molly now. She's very funny. Oh, that's right. She's on Mike and Molly now. She was also. She only has, I think, two scenes in the whole movie, but she's in Drowning Mona, which is an oh un- yeah under you know, that, under I, scenes. That's, I, I, that trailer is really funny, and you it's watch a funny the trailer, movie. you think the trailer's gonna be funny, but I watched the movie and I was like, uh, it's not so good. It's. I think it's got some. It's kind of choppy in the way it's put together. It doesn't seem quite. Doesn't seem quite finished. Uh-huh. But I think it's a. It seems like a respect. It's something I can respect. It's a. It's a generally funny movie that maybe could have used a little more time in the editing yeah. room. Which movie are we talking about right now? Johnny Mona. Mona. Okay. Yes, I enjoy that movie specifically. Uh, uh, William uh, Fichter. Fichter. However you say it. Yeah. yeah, he's, he's great. great. He's great. When life gives you eggs, you make egg salad. Egg salad. What do you make when life gives you shit? Shit salad. <laughs> 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 Bridesmaids looks looks uh, good. I I'll, yeah. I'd like to see Bridesmaids. Also, to b- before we move on, I'm sorry. Um, to kind of speak to some of the thing, something that we were talking about with uh, jumping the broom is that it's a film ostensibly for women. I mean, it's for a female audience. I mean, we can enjoy it as well. But like, and unlike movies like Sex and the City, it doesn't feel like it's pandering. It doesn't feel like it's saying you will enjoy this. It's just. It's committed to just being about these characters. Yeah, Bridesmaids. I'm yeah. sorry. Yes, um, you know it's it's committed to being about these characters and strong, you know, well written yeah. well, females. I think, you, I think you you misspoke a little. You said for women. It's about women, right? But it's not a movie like say Something Borrowed, which that's is clearly true. cynically for women, right? And know? I guess well, and that's right. where love some... happens. I think is the movie that we talked about a year ago <laughs> on the summer movie preview, a movie that came and went and had the worst title ever. Love happens. Who was in that one? I don't even remember. Was it Aaron Eckhart? Aaron Eckhart is the only one I remember, and, and someone Jennifer else. Aniston. Is it Jennifer Aniston? Love happens. <laughs> yeah, I do remember us talking about because I think you said it with that exact. <laughs> love happens. Hey guys, love just happens. Love what can happens. you do? Okay, so um, yeah, that's a good point that you make about Bright. It's like for some reason I see that and I'm like, oh, but that's funny, you know. And it's got all these women like, you know, being funny and like, oh, yeah. Wendy McClendon Covey. From uh, oh yeah, yeah, I do like her. Uh, uh, Rose Byrne from Damages, which is not a funny show, but she's a good actress, and I like, I like, I, I like when movie. comedies have an ensemble comedy. I can't think of an example on top of my head, but brings in someone that you don't think of as a comedian. Uh, and I, I'll, I'll bet Rose Byrne is funny in the movie. And I do want to speak to something that you that you just mentioned because you're absolutely right. It is about women, but that doesn't mean it's for women, and that's what makes it a good movie like there's yeah. nothing wrong with a movie having a specific audience in mind but when it is, when it is the idea to exploit that audience and right. it's like well we'll just throw anything we want to them and and they'll have to lap it up because that you know what else are they going to do yeah it's like, like a uh, good movie I'm is about to think of like examples of the opposite it's like 
Inglorious Bastards is essentially about men, but it's not for men. It's for everyone. That's why it's good. Right. Whereas if you're a woman and you're not interested in seeing The Expendables, yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah. It's... I'm not interested in seeing The Expendables. Right. And so, like, a good movie can really be for anybody, no matter who it's about. And I think that's the difference between, you know, Bridesmaids and Sex in the City or... I have heard actually good reviews for uh, Jumping the Broom, like between that and most Tyler Perry movies, um, mm-hmm. is that one is pandering to a specific audience and one is like, uh, as long as we're good, anyone can show up. We're fine with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, Hey, oh. David, you got cool shoes. Oh, really? These I've had these shoes since I was in high school. Well, they look good. Oh, that's why they've got a nice uh, Scuffs. patina yeah. to them. Um, no. Moving on. <laughs> um, and thank you. Moving on to... Uh, this year's Woody Allen entry, Midnight in Paris. I don't actually know very much I about actually, it. I uh, actually, I'm doing a little flip flop here about uh, Owen Wilson, who I have long hated. Um, <laughs> you know, of course, I started liking him and I long hated it. Like the trailer, I actually thought looked uh, pretty good. I haven't seen the trailer. I, I don't like, think I've ever really liked Owen Wilson. You don't like him in Bottle Rocket? No, I don't like him. Dar- Darjeeling Limited. He's really, no, really he's great. Not. He's great no, in that he's movie. Not. That movie sucks. <laughs> I enjoy that movie. I no, thought it was very good. Dull. And I'm not even I'm not even a big Wes Anderson fan, but I, I, I like that a lot. Well, here's here's the here's the crime of Owen Wilson. He <laughs> he uh, Suicide? Because suicide is illegal. No, not suicide. That's none of my business. It's also painless. But uh I'm told. But but the crime of Owen Wilson is that he started out selling himself as this guy who's um a dork, but he's like acting super confident. He's this like weird kind of schmuckishy, like overconfident, but why is he overconfident type of a character? Right. And uh, and and like a know-it-all, you know. That's what uh, Dignan Bottle Rocket is, and uh, and that's what what else was his what else was his big one? I don't know. Yeah. That's what every behind movie, enemy lines. What's yeah behind enemy? Every <laughs> every movie that he did, like he, after Bottle Rocket, he was like in all these like bad like. Like movies like The Haunting, and he pops up and he's like, oh, it's that guy. Oh, it's that guy. You know, oh, I like him. And then there became like a point when I would say Wedding Crashers where he he stopped playing the dork who's cool, and he just started playing the cool guy who's cool yeah. with his 90s Meg Ryan haircut. And <laughs> and then everything he does is just like he's cool, and like he has to be the cool guy. So that just totally shatters the he's whole the comedy joke. version of Matthew McConaughey now, or, hmm. or at least trying to be. Is that in what way? I don't know. I'm just trying to say, like... He's like this laid-back He became what he was making fun of. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And and so it's like... So him him being uh, this year's Woody Allen surrogate, it's all the the men in Woody Allen movies that aren't... When they're not starring Woody Allen are just supposed to be Woody Allen. Right. So that, that... I see what you're saying. I, I this is like I the right role I mean, for him. I don't think Woody Allen has, you know, been a winner recently either for me. But uh, but the trailer, I was like, oh, I actually want to see that. You know, I, I couldn't – thought whatever works was, was stinky. Um, I didn't well, see The Tall Dark Stranger. No. I, I didn't geez. see Vicky Christina. I actually – I'm one of the – I'm in the minority. I did not – I actually did like Cassandra's Dream except for Ewan McGregor's character. Um, I found it a pretty good, like, just sort of – Throwaway, suspenseful movie. I didn't, and I don't care for Match Point. Neither do I. It's a sloppy. Um, but this one has Rachel McAdams in it, and I, I like her when she chooses good movies, which is not very often. I am optimistic about it because uh, I there always is yes the uh, the Woody Allen surrogate, and when it whenever it's somebody who is not inherently like Woody Allen, 
and he's not directing them to be Woody Allen like Kenneth Branagh in uh, Celebrity. Of course, he claims that Kenneth Branagh just did it. That's entirely possible, but uh, he could have said, hey, stop doing that, Uh, being the director as he is. I don't like to let the actors do what they do. Oh, okay. Well, clearly he's doing you, so if you want to trademark what you're doing, then it's fine. But, but, and so, like, like, uh, Sean Penn in Sweet and Low Down, I think, is great because he's just doing his own thing. And I feel like someone like Owen Wilson, who is decidedly different than Woody Allen, I feel like there's a lot of potential in that character, provided, of course, he's not trying to do a Woody Allen, which I don't think he is. So I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about it. All right, let's move on to a movie that even I cannot be cynical about, and I'll see if Josh can be cynical about it. I bet it. he can find a way. Uh, the Tree of Life, Terrence Malick's new film. I'm in. Count I'm, me in. I'm in, all too. Right. Okay. Absolutely. I don't even know what else to say about it. I don't know it. anything like, about all, it, but uh, count me in. I'm it's in. got dinosaurs in it. Uh, Spoiler alert! <laughs> there's no the, dinosaurs in the trailer. They're on the poster. Spoiler alert! I'm okay. not looking at the poster. All right, uh, we already mentioned something borrowed, and I think even that I don't was even too know much. What time. that is? Uh, it's it's already out. We don't need. Yeah, to, uh, yeah. You can read a review of it online by Josh Long at BattleshipRetention.com. That's the something one. Something borrowed. Um, I'll give it back. <laughs> I entitled it "Something Borrowed, Nothing New." I'm very clever. Who's in it? Real quick. Uh, it's Jennifer Goodwin, who I saw at uh, Harry Potter. Um, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince uh, opening night at the Man's Chinese Theater. I was seated right down from her. I was on the road from, from her. Uh, Kate Hudson, who's never been good in anything. Um, and John Krasinski. Yeah. Um, okay. Boring, boring, snoring, the old man is sleeping. Um, That's not how that goes. Oh. Uh, switching back to Stranger Than Fiction, Will Ferrell, is Everything Must Go. What's that one about? It's okay. Here is the stupid uh, indie light... <laughs> Precious premise of this stupid-sounding movie. And who directed it when you're done with that? Dan Rush. I don't know. Never heard of him. Um, He's nobody. Get rid of him. Will Ferrell plays a guy who comes home from work one day to find that his wife is divorcing him and is throwing all his stuff out on the lawn. So he... um, he, And he's locked out of the house. So he decides to start a business where he's... Giving pills to dogs no, that something he, or other. He stays on the lawn with all the stuff and has an ongoing yard sale, I guess, until it's all, until it's all gone. And so he's been locked out of the house by his by his wife who's divorcing him. He's like, I guess, living on the front lawn and selling his stuff. So he decides movie. he's not leaving the lawn. Yeah. So that's what happens. Yeah, and everything must go. And the idea, from what I from what I've read, the idea is that like as he goes through, he's reflecting back on his life and the choices that he's made as represented by the things on the lawn. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. it sounds stupid to me. Um, <laughs> any other I could see he, I could see him being good in it. I I liked him in Stranger Than Fiction. I liked him more than I thought. That movie was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Even though I would still give it a C plus probably overall. I go B. Okay. I didn't see that Charlie Kaufman light shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, another movie that I actually am looking forward to. J.J. Uh, Abrams' Super 8. Oh, yeah. Don't Josh? care. Really? No? Fuck that shit. But yeah, yeah, I don't know why. I watch the trailer and I just get mad. And I don't like J.J. Abrams. I don't think he's the he's new Spielberg as he's appointed himself. And I don't think... Uh, I don't know why I watched the trailer. It's just some. Has some, he actually appointed himself? I mean, yeah. Well, he's just making a Spielberg movie. But he's making seven. it with Spielberg. Spielberg's the producer. So he's got the power <laughs> to get Spielberg to do it. 
Okay. But he is. I I actually. I mean Spielberg. It's okay. You you're you're like one. Of, you're a huge top grossing director. You, you've got a multi billionaire empire. You go to the other guy who's got the multi billionaire empire, and you say, "Tell you what, I'm gonna make a movie inspired by your type of movies." What's he gonna say? Let's do it. I mean, he could he could say no. No, he's not gonna <laughs> say no. He's gonna say money, money, money. Do you think Spielberg thinks in those terms? Yeah, he's a producer. He's, I suppose. He started a studio, you know? He but, wants to be liked. But he's also a director. But I think he produces... I mean, there's plenty of DreamWorks stuff that he's not specifically... Pressing like, the button on? Yeah, or like mentioned in, whereas it seems like he's... J.J. Abrams, J. Abrams is working with Steven Spielberg to make Super 8. And The uh, trailer, <coughs> I will say they've they seem to have done a good job at like... Um, matching the aesthetic of early Spielberg but uh and I like film stuff but I I don't know what it is I I I wish I could put my finger on what it is about it that just irks me you know I don't know if it's just like you can smell the screenplay beats in the trailer or something like that it's just like you need to start hanging out with better kids or something like that with the dad but you know? I, again I mean as far as like just beats in a screenplay are like sort of one thing following the next. That's all that Raiders of the Lost Ark is, and that's a great movie too. I don't, I don't see it. that. What you're describing there doesn't necessarily make the movie bad to me. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not arguing against screenplay beats or uh-huh. th- the three act, you know, script. I, I guess it's just something. It's just like maybe I'm just tired of homages. I'm tired of tired of products that are like uh i just just make a new thing you know but this is a new thing it's an original story inspired by steven spielberg movies but it's not a remake or anything i feel like that's true i feel like jj abrams does have uh does feel close to this material based on what i've heard and just to who he is what do you say about it I mean, just I I don't know what he's in favor he said. of it. He likes it, <laughs> but I mean, just uh, he's I, like it personally. I saw him at you know speak at Comic Con last year and and talk a, a little Love bit about Comic-Con. Super Eight. All right, <laughs> <laughs> Comic Con's my favorite time of year. Um, it's like Christmas, except he hates Christmas. Yeah, um, and I I I I'm I'm excited. Plus, J.J. Abrams made Mission Impossible Three, which is awesome. I didn't see it. And it's great. It is very good. And but can I say real quick? Sure. I made some tweet joke about the title. Mission Impossible Four: Ghost Protocol, uh-huh. something like that. Something about how like the movie's just called, you know, like Mission Colon Impossible Colon Ghost Colon Protocol <laughs> right. Colon the Colon Title Colon That Colon Just Keeps Colon Going or whatever. <laughs> uh, the very next day, Tom Cruise's Twitter account followed me. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Hey man, you gotta watch out. Yeah. So. All right. You've, you've made a powerful enemy. Or maybe I made a friend. They're like, we like this guy. Spoilers. They're no friend to you. <laughs> they will be your friend until they're your enemy. Um, but uh, no, I, I actually I like J.J. Abrams, especially because I feel like he handles uh, homage pretty well. I actually liked Star Trek because he makes it very much his own thing while also, of course, recognizing that he has a certain degree of responsibility to Star Trek fans, but still is no, making his, his own... Th- I, I take umbrage with that idea. Responsibility? Responsibility to fans. He has, maybe he has a responsibility to the property, the uh, franchise, to, uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, he has I'm no sorry. responsibility to the fans. No, uh, and, and like the... Uh, you know what, you're absolutely right, and I think he, he has a responsibility to the franchise, and I think he does that justice. 
and he, I don't think he ever actually uh, panders to the fans because if he had, then like, oh, this, char- he, this character, this character, for a second, pondered pandering. I think he pondered. <laughs> I can't even do it. Um, but uh, pondering Kung Fu Panda two. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but like for example, he could have made a big joke out of the fact that like, oh, this character with the red shirt died, as we all knew he would be. Ha <laughs> ha, that's very funny. But he didn't do that. He took it seriously, and so. While that may be a staple of Star Trek, he treated it well, and so I feel like with Super Eight, it will it will bear his mark as being very entertaining. Uh, and yes, it will be inspired by it will uh, it will be inspired by Spielberg, but I think it'll still definitely be his own thing. So I'm actually uh, kind of excited about it. Me too. Although every year there is uh, every summer there is a movie that. Everyone's excited about, and because I'm a, I, I'm turning into more of a contrarian, I think because I'm hanging out with you. Um, <laughs> I'm by always, the way, the audience doesn't know whether you're pointing to me or Josh, and it doesn't matter because yeah, both of enough. us have the same yeah, yeah. On I'm pointing at Bobby the dog, <laughs> but uh, but every every year there's a movie that everyone's like, this can't possibly be bad, and I'm just like, maybe it could. Last year was Inception, uh, and it and, was bad. Uh, you know, I think amongst the crap of last year. I'm not gonna drag Inception through the mud. You know? I, actually, oh, I, I like it more than he does. It's a, a one star movie. From I I really really hated Inception. Why? I go two and a half. Well, you probably talked about this a lot, but why? Yeah, we actually I'll, did. I think I may have even talked about it with you. I'll take five Inceptions over any Avatars. Oh, see, I, Avatars in my top ten movies of Ugh. 2009. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I actually I, I actually don't want to go too much into yeah, we don't why want to I hated Inception because yeah. there is you can find it the last supplemental episode we did. Last August, I think, with Pat Francis was an hour and a half all about Inception. You can download it and hear my yeah. complaints there. And, um, and we'll just say we'll just. And I'm not saying I loved Inception, but but uh, I, I say I, I take everything. I I like to just compare everything to what what's going on in movies like at the time. I don't know if that's the 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 best way to go about it, but like with what's going on in movies, Inception was an original property. You know, but isn't this what, what I was just saying about Super Eight that you? I was actually about to it's say it's not original like, property. It's a Steven Spielberg inspired homage. But I mean, uh, and also homage is part of. I mean, great. Uh, you know, good artist yeah, borrow great artist steal. Blah blah blah. I mean, how much of Kubrick is in Inception? A lot. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a measurable amount. I think. Right. It's <laughs> here's what I'm, I'm saying. Maybe here's my. Maybe here's what I'm angry about. I'm, I'm just scrolling through the things that I hate right now in movies, and I'm like, okay, so what do you think Super Eight shot on the movie Super Eight? Uh, probably HD. It's probably shot on high, high definition video. You think? No, I, I'll bet they're shooting on thirty-five millimeter. Possibly, it's probably got a lot of CG in it. Yeah, don't you but, think? But I would say probably, I'd say the CG is probably used well, and it probably is not used very often. You think there's going to be some CG aliens in there? Uh, I think there. Or I like think we already mo- know there. Are. Or like a monster or something. But some to me, cra- and that, and and anytime you see a CG monster, do you ever think it looks it's done well? Yeah. Yeah. When? King Gollum? Kong? No, it looks bad. You don't like that? It Which, doesn't look like you? a slimy, slithery. Doesn't look like a slimy, slithery, um, uh, gravityless thing to you? The T Rex? Yeah, Jurassic Park. That's okay. Still, that's and that's Jurassic still looks Park good. is that the one time. And that's the one time. There you go. And that, so. was, and that was 1993, and here we are in 2011. But I think Since then, 
Are there CG monsters that you guys think look good? Yeah, I just said King Kong. And I just said Gollum. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think Peter Jackson does it but right. But they don't look good. They're these, like, they look like, I watch it and I just think, like, that's CG. That's a cartoon. It looks like a cartoon to me. It looks like Did you don't like cartoons? Thing. Well, I don't like it in my movies where they're supposed <laughs> okay. to be like, wow, can you believe how real it looks? So you must have hated who framed Roger Rabbit? Is that what you're telling me? No, because they're supposed to be cartoons. <laughs> I'm not following you. Um, um, oh, I like I like this new character. No, I know. You, especially when you use the term gravityless, I know exactly what you're talking about, and I don't think that uh, Peter Jackson's CG characters fall into that trap. They're, it's not. They're not like the bad guys in I Am Legend, which is uh, let's pull up a clip of uh, of Gollum right now, so we can see what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, let's not do that. To let's show pull the viewers. up a clip on the screen for the viewers. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Um, okay, let's move on, please. Okay, sorry. Um, to beginners, which is the uh, Mike Mills who did Thumbsucker, which I didn't see. I did. It's I got, all right. got some mixed reviews, but this is a personal story based on. I guess is it him? Yes, uh, it's actually yeah. He wrote it. Um, it be, um, it's Ewan McGregor and Christopher Plummer. Oh, yes. And Christopher Plummer is Ewan McGregor's father, and he comes it's out of the... casting. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. Mm. And he comes out of the closet at age, like, 75, which I guess actually Mike Mills' dad actually did, and so it's about that. Yeah, cool. like his wife, yeah. Is, yeah. I'm his wife has just passed away. and Yeah. Yeah, I saw a trailer for it, and I'm a huge fan of, Cl- of Christopher Plummer. I'm a big... I think he's, like, a really good actor. And Ewan McGregor. And uh, I am a fan of him when he's in a good role, but it's, I feel like it's been a while. Um, whereas Christopher Plummer, I feel like in the last 10 years has really kind of mm-hmm. fallen into like a good, a good niche. Yeah. Since um, the insider. Yeah, yeah. I think he so. He really kicked butt in the insider as Mike Wallace. Um, but, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm very you excited got, about it. By the way, Tyler has an insider poster on his wall. I do. Uh, Judy Moody in the Not Bummer Summer. Never heard of him. Me either. It's a kid's movie. Um, uh, although Janet Varney's in it. I know that cause I just listened to this, to oh. today's episode of, uh, Never Not Funny. That's he- Heather Graham, isn't it? Um, all right, what about Jake Kasdan's latest "Bad Teacher" starring Cameron Diaz? Oh, I was oh, about right. I was about to say "Boo" really loud, and then I heard Jake Kasdan. I like him, but that you movie. You like him? Uh, I like Zero Effect, mm-hmm. and I like Orange County. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I see, think Orange County, like Drowning Mona, feels like a movie that I enjoy watching and is mostly funny, but I don't feel like it's that well made. You want to see a movie where? Cameron Diaz is a slutty teacher who's trying to pick up on nerdy, dorky Justin Timberlake. <laughs> is he is he nerdy and dorky? I thought he was oh, like yeah. a nerdy. He's supposed to be dorky, super nerdy, nebbishy Justin Timberlake. Which I've made this point before that that's if he didn't have money and designers and stylists and all this, Justin Timberlake would be a dork. He's a dorky, nerdy guy. Yeah, but he's a, he's an attractive guy. He's attractive because if 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 you had the kind of money he has for grooming and for people to like take a goddamn like buffer to your cheekbones or whatever and make <laughs> you look great every morning, I, I think s- the majority of people could be attractive. I will say his cheekbones are pretty sparkly. I'm saying if I had if I could you know had the kind of money and time. Which comes from him having talent, but the t- mm-hmm. money and time to have like personal trainers and personal chefs and 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 personal shoppers and stylists and and grooming and all this stuff, I could I could I could pass. I could be okay. I could be pretty good looking. I you suppose. could be a guy they put on a cover of a magazine. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I could. I guess make it does, my way onto the cover of a magazine and people wouldn't balk. I guess it does turn you into get those a cheekbones, nice and chiseled. Yeah, 
I guess it turns. Get those teeth capped. It turns into like a. <laughs> All right, this is getting a little too personal. <laughs> you get that hair, you know. You get those hair plugs put in. <laughs> Yeah, I maybe get that problem. You get those unsightly eyebrows done. Plenty of that them. unsightly bump taken out of your nose. Oh, that is your nose. <laughs> you get all, all those right. boils and moles taken off the um, most noticeable spot on your face. The bad I, teacher, everything about it just seems like it's trying way too that's hard. That's my feeling too. I like Jason Siegel a lot. Yeah. I, 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 I I'm sure he's good in this, but yeah, I definitely got the same feeling it's trying too hard. I like Here's an interesting, okay. I like everybody I think I like everybody in it. I think Cameron Diaz can be a good actress in the right role. I like Justin Timberlake. I like Jay Kasdan. I like, like Jason Segel. Timberlake. Uh, I think he can be. I think he's. It depends on the type of role. I think he was very good in Social Network mm-hmm. because he is a charismatic guy playing a charismatic guy. See, I don't think he was good in Social Network. I thought he was kind of a weaker link. He just sort of seemed like dead to me. But the but you can't. I, I don't know. It's hard to knowing what you, what is said about David Fincher and like his work style. It's hard mm-hmm. to say like what someone that's an actor is doing in a movie you know like he may be directing someone to be a certain way and like you know they say that he does like a hundred takes and then he's like um someone an actor i know whose wife was in zodiac had an interesting story about how like you know he pulled her aside and was like uh okay you see what you've done this take want you to do that but then right here you did this take and he's like showing her all these showing her all these takes and video playback and you know it just sounded really like Wow, that's a real process. No. Um someone I don't remember who it was, but had an interesting take on Zach Efron and I kind of apply it to Justin Timberlake. I don't personally like them as actors, but I guess I can appreciate them as a proper song and dance man. Mm-hmm. You know, and they are not I don't like their song and dance, you know, but that's something You don't like Justin Timberlake's music? No. Okay. I do. I, I don't know his music really. I don't care about his music, you know. Um, but I, I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's nice when there are showmen out there, people who are talented that like, okay, he can sing, he sings, he dances, you know, he does a razzle dazzle, whether I like that or not, you know, and and you can say the same thing about Zac Efron. I don't, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go see Charlie St. Cloud. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. although on a side note, my favorite customer at Cinephile, Ubaldo, um, you know, who I always, who always comes in and talks about movies. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got that one. Um, he's a huge Latino guy with a big mustache and he works at the veterans hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, uh, Oh, you seen Charlie said cloud, man. That movie's good. I love <laughs> tearjerkers, man. <laughs> and he's like, and he was describing to me, he's like, it's about his guy. And, uh, you know, he, his brother dies and, uh, you know, he feels real bad uh, every day. He goes and plays catch with the brother's ghost. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, he always made a promise that he comes every day and they play catch. And then there's another girl. And, uh, he starts, you know, hanging out with her and and uh, and they're like, you know, making out and stuff. One day, you know, he, he has to make a choice, you know, whether he can save her or uh, or, or go play catch with his brother, even though he made a choice, you know, and he misses he misses the brother. And uh, so he never come back. And uh, but then the girl, she's like a ghost. And he's thinking like, wait a second, she's a ghost. What the fuck? I was making out with her every day. You know, <laughs> just something like that. <laughs> he's just like he was recapping the story. And uh, Josh, never mind Chris Elliott. Get this guy on our show. You bald? Oh, he could. Pro- <laughs> I could probably get him to come on the show. Um, I would love. I think he's the most awesome dude ever. Um, but uh, at any rate, and he knows tons of movies. He used to come in and uh, he'd be like, "You got a Island of the Snake Monster or whatever, or like, <laughs> and like good and bad. You know, like he'll mm-hmm. he'll be like, "You got that one movie with uh Yvonne De Carlo and uh, 
And, uh, you know, whatever, he'll be like, uh, you got Jerry Lewis? Movie? I got, I seen every Jerry Lewis movie. Oh, I got all them Bob Hope movies. I seen them all. And like, and he's like, uh, I hate sports, man. I fucking hate it. My wife, my life loves sports. You got a big TV for sports. I love movies, man. <laughs> he's also like, says, I hate speaking Spanish. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> he only wants to speak English. And, it's uh, a pretty great language. Yeah. And, um, there was another really good Ubaldo anecdote. I forgot what it was though. <laughs> Um, at hate, any rate, I hate aren't, speaking Spanish. All right, well, let's move on. What um, movie were we talking about that made me... St- I, I don't know. Let's, let's Not important. On. Um, oh, I had so many points to make. Oh, we're talking about the song and dance man. Yeah. there's and, and I think, okay, I can buy that, that Justin Timberlake is a song and dance man, you know, but but I don't... I think his eyes are just... Something about him is just kind of vacant as an actor, you know? And he's I, just like... He's, he's like someone who... He's, he's well-trained, you know, in that Mickey Mouse Club world, mm-hmm. and... And he he can like put on any kind of affectation and do it fairly well, and you know he's really confident. But I just don't like believe him in his heart. I don't believe him in his heart as as like the characters that he plays. You know? I I think I believe him when he is playing something that is in himself, like charisma in um, Social Network. Or there's also like he has kind of a higher voice, and there's kind of not to imply that guys who have like high voices are weak, but it can seem weak, and so in Black Snake Moan, he plays a character that has a great deal of weakness in him, and he, I think he found that in himself and could play it, whereas, of course, uh, movies like Love Guru, where he has to play something that's very much unlike himself uh. and, and all that sort of thing, it's like, well, you're not a great actor. You can be good in the right role and with the right director. Uh-huh. Um, but... Uh, and so maybe he's playing up the nerdiness in Bad Teacher, but overall, everything about it just seems like it's trying very hard to be Bad Santa, right. and it just, uh, I'm not interested. Okay, so now, Josh, with your newfound uh, love for Owen Wilson, I can only imagine how excited you are for Cars 2. Not interested. Okay, moving on. Um, I, I'm going to start putting on the gas here. I, I begrudgingly here. liked the first Cars. Uh, that sequel looks horrendous and it is probably going to be the first pixar movie i i'm gonna say hate okay admittedly that might i might be a little too biased uh we'll see what the reviews are all right uh green lantern Not inter- kind, of, kind of interested I, I i just don't know a lot about it and um nor do i it's which about is, a comic book character who uh uh should have been a black dude uh, and then instead they got Ryan Reynolds. Why should it have been? Because I mean, he's I, the I only agree. like one of those guys. He's the only one of those big guys that is sometimes black. Oh, okay. Oh, sometimes, yeah, yeah. And I and I say that right. with limited knowledge of comic book world, but I know enough to know that Green, Green Lanterns is sometimes black. But, but Nick Fury is sometimes white and sometimes black, and he's played by a black guy in the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Kingpin in Daredevil. Ugh, why did I bring that up as that an example of anything? But 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 like. Green Lantern, I always think of him as like, oh, that's the guy who's black. But oh, he man. he was... Never mind car- that. It just looks bad. Uh, I think it, yes, l- doesn't look very good. I'm still kind of interested to see it, partially because I like a lot of the casting diso- decisions. And any time... It sounds You're strange. Big, I, no, <laughs> the casting decision that resonates with me is Blake Lively, because I love her on Gossip Girl. Oh. Uh, uh, Peter Sarsgaard plays a, right. a villain, and I like him. And Mark Strong, oh, who he, I've been a big fan of. He's... He's John Malkovich light. Yeah. Wow, that is I've never heard that and it's perfect. Um what what uh here of uh, Ryan Reynolds is another example of like when I I get angry and I'm like he sucks, right guys? But I don't actually 
take the time. I just jump the gun. I don't take the time to like say like, okay, well, here's why he sucks, you know. Uh-huh. And as if I try to back up, one of the things that comes to mind is like, he just looks like someone who is is just constantly in a gym all day trying to like get this stupid looking body, uh-huh. like this just big muscly stupid body. How can you buy other than a superhero? How can you buy that guy as anything? Nonetheless, a funny guy, like a funny man, some guy who's like sensitive or weak. He's just. Like I would a agree with guy. you if I didn't actually find him funny. I do find him funny. You find this big muscled guy funny? And I think he's. Yeah. I think he showed some real chops in Adventureland as well. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a small role, but he's. Do you see Adventureland? Fantastic. Yeah, I thought he was very good in that because I thought he was very forgettable. And that I, I feel like in that movie he's actually. I was talking about Justin Timberlake a moment ago. I feel like he's working sort of against his thing where he's a guy who knows that women like him and he feels like he has to put out this image, but underneath he's actually deeply wounded and also in a position to wound others, but he doesn't care because he's very selfish. And I, I thought he played that uh, that very well. And maybe he saw some of himself in that in that role. Okay, um, but yeah, I, I think the reason of the... I guess the three big superhero movies this summer were Thor, which is out, Captain America, and Green Lantern. Thor had Kenneth Branagh. Captain America has Joe Johnston. I guess the reason I'm least interested in Green Lantern is because it's Martin Campbell, and I all I know that he did is GoldenEye, which isn't that great, and Casino Royale, which I never saw. It's really good. I really like That's it. That's what people tell me, but I doubt it because it's did James he do Bond. Like, did <laughs> You've he do got like to see it. It's it's very twelve or some shit. Thor. Which, wait, what's K through twelve? Kindergarten Cop. No, isn't that, that some him. movie from like fifteen years ago about like? Uh, some people climbing up a mountain or something. K two. K two. Is that that's him? The one. Uh, I don't know if that's him or not. K two, the Widowmaker. Um, by the way, the Peter Yates <laughs> did do the dresser. Um, Whoa, that's a good movie. And by John the way. and Mary, starring Dustin Hoffman and Mia Farrow. Okay, Thor, um, more like Snore. Mr. Captain America, more like Crapton America. Mister Popper's Penguins, more like what? Shit. Mister Crapper's Stinkwins. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Uh, this doesn't seem like it's. Uh, I don't know. I mean. It, this maybe this what is, is this a movie. What is this crap? Uh, I don't know what it is. Tell the viewers what it is. Uh, loosely based on, I'm quoting here from Entertainment Weekly. Loosely based on the 1938 children's book classic Mr. Popper's Penguins, the film tells the story of a New York real estate developer, Tom Popper, who has sacrificed his family and moral compass to get ahead. Is it about the guy but from the, Blue Traveler? Did, did you want to know? Or not? <laughs> yes, it's about the guy from Blue Traveler. <laughs> but then he receives an unexpected gift from his estranged father that resets the compass. Six Penguins. You told me, but I just tuned out because I don't care. I think... Who directed it? Uh, Mark Waters, who has done... Uh, he did the mean remake Girls. of Freaky Friday, and he did mean, mean Girls, both of which are very good. He's pretty good. brother is Daniel Waters, also a good writer. Oh, I don't know. He wrote, Heather, wrote Heathers. He oh, okay. wrote mm-hmm. Batman Returns. So, yeah, Mar- Mark Waters in the, what he did with Freaky Friday is the only thing that get, that has me interested, plus the, pa- the fact that Angela Lansbury is in this, and I love oh, her. That's cool. Um, I'll see it. I feel like this could be, it will probably be not good because I'm cynical, but it could be Frank Capra-esque. Does Angela Lansbury have a bikini scene in it? Not that I know of, but uh, so I'll ask her next Is it a big CG movie or is it like a movie? No, it's a real movie with real real penguins. Oh, let's see this picture. Who's the star of it? Jim Carrey is the star. Uh, but and, here's the thing. That made me less interested for some reason. Who I used he, to love Jim Carrey, but now I just don't. But also Angela like Johnny Lansbury Depp in that way. and the lovely and talented Carla Hugino. I yeah. don't know how you say her name. 
Carlo uh, Gugino. Well, Gugino? here's here's what I'll so. say about what well, like about what you just said so is that uh, you said it could be Frank Capra esque, and I don't know if you saw the majestic, but there's nothing worse than Jim Carrey in a Capra esque film. Oh, because he yeah, man, oh man. You know what? Uh, moving on, I forgot about the other superhero movie. A big, I'm sure superhero fans are were yelling at me because it's probably a big one to them. But I couldn't care less about X Men First Class or X Men Young Boys, as we know. It's I mean, it's <laughs> we're talking about directors. Um, who directed this one? Matthew Vaughn, who made a mid-rate British gangster movie called uh, Number Layer Cake Twelve Guy, and a movie Cake that was... I didn't see called Kick Ass. I think Layer Cake was better Ugh, than give it credit for, and I thought Kick Ass was. Uh-uh. Uh, mm-hmm. Good, not great. No, no, no. <laughs> I do. I did enjoy it though. Hate it. I do own I it. Didn't, I didn't see Hate it. Hate it. Bad. Kick ass is irresponsible and rotten and stupid. And come on, let's get to the criticism. No, it's just bad. That girl and her. Stu- oh, we've talked about this a ton of time. Yeah, Oversexualized we... girl. Yeah, we talked about that year. stupid. Let me in. The let the right one in remake also mm-hmm. and. Hey guys, you cunts! You guys, yeah. you cunts! And then like, I will say this: I never good on Thirty Rock. I, yeah, I'd never seen her in anything, and when she did the one episode of Thirty Rock, I thought she knocked it out of the park. And since you're so in maybe 30 I Rock, like her, but I still don't want to see Kick Ass. Since you're in Thirty Rock, you have to love everything associated with it, right? Oh yeah, well that was good, but <laughs> that wasn't the same episode. No, though, right? Is your second? No. Um, but uh, what what were we just talking about? What movie were we talking uh, about? Uh, X Men Young Boys. Oh yes. Uh, so I grew up uh, with X Men being my favorite comic book and Wolverine being my favorite hero. Um, I liked the first movie, loved the second movie, the third one I hated, didn't see Wolverine, and I don't care at about about this movie at all. Yeah, even though it has James McAvoy, whom we both like, yeah. Michael Fassbender, whom I love. Yeah. Um, but it also has January Jones. Yeah. You don't Ooh. love January Jones? No. You don't love, is, you love Mad Men? I do, but um, the you could just have a cardboard cutout of January Jones playing Betty Draper and it would uh, get about, get across about the same level of nuance. Well, I think she's really good on Mad Men, but I, I don't think that she's cool or anything. I think she's a... Where are you going, Bobby? I, I think that she's... Uh, you know, she was really bad on that SNL episode. and I didn't, oh, I didn't see, see that. I heard that was bad. Largely considered one of the worst of the last few years, right? Well... I don't know. That's a big, that's okay. a big undertaking. Well, there's a few <laughs> smaller things coming out in June. We can wrap June up and move on. Oh my! Um, the Trip, which is the new Steve Ke- Steve Coogan movie directed by Michael Winterbottom, oh. it's supposed to be very funny. The advance word is uh, very positive. Are you not a? Oh, I don't know. I'm just indifferent. Okay. Um, Troll Hunter, which um, is a I guess a Norwegian. Uh, horror oh. monster movie, but it's told, I guess... Uh, With a bunch of CG? No, it's Blair Witch style. It probably has some a little bit, but it's Blair Witch style. Found footage style. Like, Boring. Norwegian. Um, and it's uh, it's getting some buzz. Um, let's see. Page one. I don't really know much about that. It's a movie? What's it about? Uh, it's a documentary about how they make the New York Times. Oh, Bobby. And then another, Bobby come here. Oh, I have uh, to assume they start with... They're like, okay, liberal... That's not fair. Uh, and now, uh, I'm, jo- I'm. By the way, I'm, I, I am joking. <laughs> okay. I, I was kind of going into a character, and then I didn't really totally commit to it. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, and then one other documentary I'm looking forward to: Conan O'Brien can't stop. Oh that yeah, cool. What is that? Uh, it's is uh, it about his tour? Yeah, or? it's a tour documentary. Yeah, that'd be. I, I'd be more interested in that. Like, if it's if it's just about the show, that would be fun and interesting. But I also would like to some ba- backstage stuff because, like. You know, if you hear interviews with him, like during that time, he was he was doing the show to to be doing something. 
but he was also working through a lot of stuff um and i would i'd be more interested if it had that as well um here's here's, uh, something for discussion real quick um how do you guys feel we got some time what (laughs) no go ahead we got a little time right how do you guys feel about you know being so close to celebrities and, and being able to know Almost all the time what Conan O'Brien's thinking and whatever other celebrity that you like and what they're thinking and uh, you get a documentary about like what they're going through and like, you know, what he's working through and all that sort of stuff. And you're, you're learning about this person uh, and, and almost more than you are seeing their entertainment. How do you feel about that? And I, do you agree with me? I disagree with you, actually. I don't think that's what's happening. I think with, with Twitter and Facebook, and documentaries and stuff like that I feel and re- reality shows I feel like people are more able to create a persona other than themselves I don't feel like because I follow Conan O'Brien on Twitter or, or see the documentary that I know anything more about him as a person I might even know less because I'm only knowing what he's but you think pushing. that's a good thing for entertainers to that like you know I think if the, if the, if the entertainer embraces it correctly it can be a good thing because it can it can further their persona. Well, yeah, if they embrace it correctly, but also if they don't do any of that stuff and they're just a great entertainer, that's also embracing it correctly. But then yeah, you also right. get these people who it's like. But if you get like re- Jim Carrey's Twitter, where he goes on like weird rants about how vaccinations cause uh, uh, autism and stuff like that, that's that is a, that's a little too inside and probably hurts him. Yeah. Or like you know, if it's some like reality star that you just has no talent, or or even like, right. and I and, and I'm not saying anything bad about too bad about him as an actor. I think he's a good actor. James Franco, you know, I, I actually thought 127 Hours was best, one of the best movies of last year. Uh, but it's like, you know, if you follow James Franco on Twitter. What is James Franco thinking? You know, what's James Franco? He's hosting the Oscars, like. I think it's and, and and is that helping you like as a fan of James Franco and but I, I think, think for an inter- you have to look at it as a fan thing because you have to I guess take but does it for granted doesn't that you're not dispel James Franco in a good way or is that a bad thing do you think does it what it doesn't it kind of dispel James I Franco? think that's up to James Franco no it's up to the fan because don't you think like well now oh James Franco the mystique is ruined oh I know all about no, it that's what I'm saying is okay. I'm not a celebrity like James Franco, but if you follow me on Twitter, you don't actually know me. You know the Twitter version of myself that I put out. That guy's an asshole. Yeah, he is kind of a petty <laughs> well, asshole. Well, but that's I mean, <laughs> you, you can get really into like um, the philosophical side of things with that because it's like, well, how someone is pr- portrays themselves on a talk show is also you know how yeah. they're putting themselves so out. So now there's just more of it, but I don't think I wouldn't blame the technology. It's like, do you want all that crap? There's so much. But you can opt out. You don't have to join Twitter. Can you opt out? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, of you look everything. At, it's everywhere. Yeah, but it's in the it, news. It's on the web. You go to the website. You know, you go to any news website. But, it's a. It's putting. It's. Just, but things are so. I mean, so. Uh, split and stratified now that you can choose where you get your news you can choose to not read that kind of news at all like the new york it, times yeah <laughs> i mean what is, what's wrong with the new york times nothing is, is I, this, I, went, I went i went ba- i went back into character uh, yeah. of the uh the guy who just hates yeah. uh the mainstream media um but no i think actually uh to go back into character as me um the one I, that you're trying to portray get get people portrayed right to. absolutely um I think I think if you're an entertainer in the sense of like a just purely a performer like a Conan O'Brien, I think 
you can put yourself out there on Twitter or, or really anything, and that can't you can use it to your advantage. I actually do think that it depends on what an actor, like a like some like an actor, somebody whose job it is to, for all intents and purposes, disappear into a role. I think they do have to understand that. Not to imply they can't do it, as shown by James Franco in 127 Hours. You can still turn in great work, but you do have to know that you have to work harder now because you have to try and get people to... It may not be your job to get them to forget that you have a successful Twitter account or whatever, but you do have to... There's something in the back of your mind that says... Okay, people now know me. They know me as an Oscar host. They know me as the guy who, as a lark, goes on, uh, uh, you know, soap, soap opera. operas and such. Like they know me that way. I need to really make them forget that. Now he's a good enough, to act, good enough actor to do that. But you look at someone like Matt Damon, and you know he went on Thirty Rock, and and he's in like Ocean's films, like clearly having fun. But as far as really putting himself out there as a product, uh, he's tried to hang back for the most part and as such I know that for me it's easier for me to buy him in movies like The Informant uh-huh. or uh, or Invictus. Right. If Daniel does Daniel Day-Lewis have a Twitter? I mean, <laughs> oh, good you know, God. like if Daniel Day-Lewis ha- had a, had a Twitter, would you be able to take him as seriously as as an actor, you know, like if he's if I he's see. out there like, "Hello, I'm uh, you know, I just I just beat myself on the face with a hanger for this role that I'm working on. If he opened a Twitter as Daniel Plainview, that would be hilarious. I would love that. Um, No, point well made. Uh, Let's move on, though. Um, Another big, uh, probably maybe my second most anticipated, though a lot more uh, wary about uh, summer movie, is John Favreau's Cowboys and Aliens. Um, Great cast. John Favreau, we know from Elf and Iron Man, can Mm -hmm. make a... A good, um, crowd-pleasing movie. Uh, are you? How do you feel about it, Josh? About Cowboys and Aliens? Uh, split because I'm like, ah, oh, fuck all this shit. You know about like, I like Al- Cowboys and Aliens is another thing. They're just like, that's gonna pe- get people going high five. Like, cool. It's just more fan crap. That's what one half of my brain says. But then the other half sees the trailer and I'm like, oh, Harrison Ford looks pretty cool in this. Yeah, movie. it's Daniel Craig, Harrison Ford, uh, Sam Rockwell. Who I like? I actually like. Uh, Clancy think... Brown is in it. Who? Yeah, Clancy uh, Brown. Clancy I like Brown, him. Um, from the the bad guy from Highlander, right? Yeah, and oh. uh, the uh, war- not warden, but like head of security, in, head of uh, security guards in uh, Shawshank, Shawshank Redemption, and yeah, right, right. I, I guess yeah. I watched the trailer, and I think everything looks cool, cool iconography, except. I don't know what that weird remote control thing on Daniel Craig's wrist is. That looks kind of stupid. Well, I don't know either. That's the. Uh, but it's like oh, I gotta go see the movie. How, however, out. will we find out what that remote control thing is? And Tyler, I've ripped your magazine. Oh no! Which so. was gonna get thrown out. That's anyway. all right. I'm gonna rip your face. Um, there's a Winnie the Pooh animated movie coming out. I'm in. Is it CG? No. no. It's, is it computer? No. No. It's real animation. Yeah. Hand uh, hand drawn. Ew! What's jo- that? John Cleese is doing a voice. I don't know who's. If I had to say off the top of my head, I'd say Owl. Okay. Um, another ridiculously high concept. Man, do I not want to see this movie. But high concept rom-com, One Day. What do is you know that? About you got, this? Wait, let's let's make it up. You've got one day to right all your wrongs, and then 
you're gonna die. But how do you get the girl that you always love to find out that you were that she was the one? And you've, you've been a jerk to everyone. You've got one day to find a wife. Uh, it has to be a complete stranger and uh, convince her to marry you, and you get my fortune. Wait, I did. I did just describe The Bachelor with Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. No, this is a movie, which is a remake of uh, Buster Keaton movie. Se- uh, seven Chances? Yeah, Seven Chances. It's a remake, sort of. I it's mean, a rip-off. Of it's it. also, of course, terrible. Um, yeah. the, the story of One Day... Seven Chances isn't. No, Seven Chances The story is of One Day, it's a movie that takes place actually over 20 years, but it only takes place on July 15th. There are 20 days in the movie, July 15th of 1988 through 2008. And you see their re- relationship over 20 years, one day out of every year. I'll be honest. Uh, if it weren't a if it weren't a rom com coming out in the summer, I would be much more optimistic about it. Like it's a little too. I don't know. A high concept is a that's a hurdle for me to get over. But I don't it's even, Anne Hathaway and Jim Sturgis. I don't. I don't consider that to Jim be Jim Sturgis. What do we know, Jim Sturgis? He was in Across the Universe, right? Oh right, I didn't see that. Oh right, was that him? Yeah, I, don't, I think it, well, that was him. Um, th- I don't even consider that to be actually very high concept. I like. I, I like what? the that's idea. Crazy of it. high concept. Just one day. Yeah. Just it's it's just taking a cross section, a random cross section. Well, it's not random, but like a cross section of every year as a way of. Uh, it's like a romantic memento. Yeah, I don't need. I don't. And memento I had a lot of points against it for me. I love memento, but it was a big hurdle for me to get over the gimmick, gimmicky nature of it. I don't understand which how is this is unfair because the gimmick memento is, is not. It, it seems gimmicky, but it actually uses the storytelling structure very well. So uh, nothing about this seems high concept. Like Memento is a guy maybe trying you to. You and I s- have okay, different. It's, okay, here's the thing. It, it's it seems high concept in that it's called One Day, and it's got it's like well, it might be more it might be more appealing to me if it's a movie and they do that. And it's just one day out of the year, but they don't call it One Day. They call it something that's more appropriate to the themes of the movie. No, it's but still it's, high concept the to me. High concept means a movie that's not high concept. You describe it as it's a movie about a guy and a girl, and they have to overcome this. You describe it in terms of the the uh, obstacle in the plot, whereas a concept you just describe in terms of the concept. You're like saying- Memento, it's about a guy. It's a movie told backwards. It's about a guy who has no short term memory. But this is, day, the, so this but is wait, like, are you saying that you get angry at one day because you hear the pitch when you read the description? Exactly. Okay. Oh, okay. Exactly. See, and I actually I see, and that's that's the thing is because it is a romantic comedy, which yes, it can be a good genre, but usually isn't, especially this time of year. Um, so. I'm sure that it'll be like, oh, look at these crazy 80, 80s fashions. Like, I'm sure yeah. it'll be that kind of shit. But, see, like, I it, let's say this were to come out in the fall and it was supposed to be a drama. Um, I hear the... the For what? You know what? As so you say that, a comedy. it may be... Maybe it is supposed to be a drama and I just think it's supposed to be a comedy oh, okay. based on the description. But either oh, way. Right. Let's see the picture. Show us the picture. The picture is just them about to kiss. Oh, so that could be anything. Who's that? Oh, Jonathan Winters. What does it say about him? He's gonna star in a movie coming up. He's got a documentary about. It's himself. supposed to be awful. Um, that already came out, but no, that's uh, he's the voice of he's does he does a voice in the Smurfs. Okay, so well, you want to finish your thought on one yes, day yes. before we talk about the Smurfs? Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, do we have to talk about the Smurfs. I, I don't. Ju- I think maybe we just did. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Enough. Smurfs. Talk that's Smurfs all we need to say about Smurfs. It. A movie that's coming out, but uh, but no, I think uh, well, okay, well, if it is a drama or whatever, I feel like. I hear like, hey, a twenty-year romance. 
but rather than tell the whole tell the whole thing and just see it in snapshots which it would be anyway we're actually choosing to organize it in a slightly different way but yeah. it's still a relationship over the course of a certain amount of time. Yeah. But doesn't, Harry, doesn't when, the when suspension Harry, of disbelief it, get in the way? Like, if something momentous were happening on July 15th, 20 years in a row, you'd how notice. Do, how do well, we know maybe, it's something momentous? Does feature, yeah. I mean, actually, and I'm, I, I probably don't give a shit and won't see the movie anyway, but right. uh, just to argue for the sake of it, when Harry Met Sally takes place over the course of, like, 20 years. Yeah, but it's not. it doesn't check in on July 15th of every year. Yeah, and I, but maybe and I think there's this something is, significant about that one day. And I think maybe the, the difference uh, in the yeah, way you're... I think when Harry the way you're in, like 10 years. One right? day. I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, 20 I, years. One day. Love happens. Love happens? <laughs> I think the difference between uh, what what the way you took it and the way I took it is I see it as, you know, a random day, not on this day... Every year, something amazing happens. I one think it's just day. you see the progression. Uh, but I still, I, I still like the way that Josh described my my feeling is that Monday, it sounds like the pitch. Day. It sounds like it was sold based on. Someday. That's entirely possible. Yes. Okay. Um, the Smurfs you talked about, crazy, stupid love. Wait, maybe we should talk about the Smurfs only <laughs> why? because why? why? Because we want to bur- we want to beat down the viewer in the way that the movie people. <laughs> who are forcing us to talk about these crappy movies that we yeah. don't care about, are beating down us as the movie-going audience. You missed a button there. I did it on purpose. Oh, okay. All right. Crazy you know what stu- I'm saying? Yes. The Smurfs. Yes. Wait, do you actually want to do this? These are the movies that they're giving us. They're it giving is, us Smurfs. Is it is button a, bothering you a lot? It, you can ma- see my navel a little? It, it does bother me, but that's fine. It's just It's not because I can see anything. It just bothers me on principle. Um, Why? How you can walk around like that is uh, frustrating. With one button me. open? Yeah. Why? Because you know it's open. No, well, I know it's open after you pointed it out. I didn't know it when I put it on. Crazy, <laughs> stupid love. Um, and then they fell in love. Are you are you describing me and Josh? Yes. Um, one day. Crazy, stupid love is. I, I don't know. Supplement. Um, it's it's about like, I think uh, I'm trying. To, I'm reading right real quick. Steve Carell and Julianne Moore. Boring. Uh, Break up, and then Ryan Gosling plays a younger guy who like mentors Steve Carell in, I guess, getting back into dating. Boring. It doesn't sound good, but one of the uh, who neutered Steve Carell? Who did it? <laughs> who did one, it? One of the directors is one of the guys behind "I Love You, Philip Morris," which I really liked. Who cares? So that <laughs> wait, you just said who cares not. about him expressing an opinion? So. Yeah, <laughs> but I said who cares as like. You know how Kleenex is the word for tissue? Right. Who cares is the word for Let's move I don't on care. to Transformers oh, okay. Dark of the Moon. Ugh. Don't care. Don't care either. Let's talk about it, though, just to illustrate the pain that we go through and make the audience. Well, I think I said this in an episode that hasn't aired yet, um, is that, like, I don't... Care? To me, that like, <laughs> even even more so... Who cares? I, I'm, I'm, I angrily don't care, uh, because I really don't understand... Like, at the very least, like, okay, Jack Sparrow from uh, the Pirates movies is an interesting character played buddy, played money. in an interesting way. Money, money, money. But why do people want to see it? Why do people want to see robots? It Here, literally, because it's this. what they're feeding you. It's what they're putting out there. It's the brand. It's the branded thing. Yeah, but they, of the... They, could, they, they, they will see whatever is marketed a certain way, you know? Well, not whatever. Did anyone see that movie, Battle L.A.? Yeah, I think it did okay. Oh. That was a movie I saw the trailer and I just thought like, wow, a lot of work went into that movie and I don't care. 
but the thing is this. Not that I'm because of the movies we've been <laughs> going. The movies we've been looking, we've been talking about. Some of them are going to not do well. Like last year, or was it two years ago? I don't even remember that movie, Night and Day, with Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz. Didn't do well. It didn't do well. I saw like it at the drive-in. Every year, there's movies that don't do well for one reason or another. And part of me is like, can't Transformers be that? I realize it's the third in a series, but is it in the fourth? I thought it was the fourth. No, it's the, the third. And I remember thinking that when the second one came out, because I'm an idiot, I thought like, oh, well, people aren't going to want to see that because they've already seen it and it's not going to bring anything new to it. But then people saw it and it broke all kinds of records. And and part of me, maybe I'm being stupidly optimistic, part of me is like, okay, seriously, no one's going to see that, right? There's other things in the movies and you've already there, you've already gotten two movies worth of this shit. Are you really going to see it again? And they probably and people probably will. And I'm, you know what? And I apologize, listener, if you find me being too insulting. But whatever, these movies are shit, and you shouldn't see them. And if somebody sees it simply because, as Josh said, it's what's being fed to them, they deserve to be made fun of. I'm sorry. That sounds really mean. I'm picking up on your negativity here, Josh. Yeah, I'm just I'm on the warpath tonight. But it's just uh, I just you don't. Us. You said I'm you were run- going to be. Yeah, but I'm running out of. Angry steam. I'm well, just that's like, all right. I'll pick up the. Deflated. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm I'll pick up the baton. You. Thank you. <laughs> but I just don't understand why anybody would want to see Transformers. Who gives a shit? It's not. There's. They're not even human. You may put a human voice to them, but they are literally. They, they're CG. not even. They're not even King Kong or uh, freaking Gollum. You think it's good CG? Who gives a shit? You never see. You know, each uh, shot is like a second and a half. It's all splishy, splashy, splashy, power. You can't f- follow anything. Right, you can't follow it. You don't care, and it's just and like there's no there's no emo- like let's say they cut to a close up of Optimus Prime. Hey, it's like we're looking at a car. It, you, there's no emotion. Whereas like at the very least with Peter Jackson's films, like you got to see emotion expressed on the faces of these characters, even though they were CG, and Bad you CG. felt you felt Good invested CG. a Bad little CG. bit. Good CG. Good bad. <laughs> it's bad. It's all bad. You like Spider Man too? I mean, Spider Man as well. I like Spider Man too, the movie. But do you like Spider the Spider Man movies? You've lost me. Wait, are I you like, talking about overall? Yes, I like Spider Man and Spider Man Two. I didn't yes. see Spider Man Three. I uh, did, and I didn't like it. Um, I didn't like Spider Man Three, but I did like Spider Man Two. Mm-hmm. But I don't like seeing him jump around in that way that he doesn't look real. Yeah. I okay. Just don't like it. Moving so, yeah. on. Um, new. Kevin James comedy, Zookeeper. I don't really know much about it. Okay. I like Kevin James personally. Yeah, I have no problems with him. I, I didn't see Paul Blart. I um, uh, saw like the first 20 minutes of it and thought like, man, I, it's like he's really game for anything. It is a shame he's not in a better movie. Yeah. But I've I, always I, liked Kevin yeah, James. Yeah, I liked, I liked uh, King of Queens a lot. I don't care about him. Um, <laughs> now, a movie I am interested in, Another Earth. I don't know. Do you guys know about it? What's that? Um, basically... I guess it's kind of like science fiction, but it's a very, I guess it type, it is science fiction, but it's a very low budget movie where it turns out that there's always been on the other side of the sun at the same time or whatever, a duplicate earth. Mm. And uh, are they just like us? And then what do they know. explain it in a really dumb way that like scientists have been dumb all this time? No, I don't, I don't, I don't know that. that there's an explanation, but this is, I mean, to be clear, this is an independent film. Um, the director's name is Mike Cahill. Hmm. Did he do uh, Skyline also? <laughs> no. <laughs> Which, although that is an independent film. Uh, okay, Project... It feels like it could be interesting. I yeah, mean, no, I'm, I'm excited about it. Provided they about, do something with it. Um, it's got, and it's got William William Mapother in it. Oh, I uh, like him. I like a lot. I don't know. Tom you know. Cruise's cousin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I pro- like In the Bedroom. Yeah. Uh, Project Nim. 
something he was in. About Don't care. Okay. Um, is that like Invader Zim or something? No, it's a documentary about um, Nim Chimsky. Um, Noam Chomsky? No. There was. <laughs> this is a true story about a chimpanzee uh, who He's was... really smart. He's like the chimpanzee Noam Chomsky. They tried to teach him language and, I guess, uh, humanize this chimp, chimp in the... In the 1970s, and they specifically named him Nim Chimsky to, as a dig at Noam Chomsky. Oh, I, I see. Correctly. All right, but it's a documentary about him. It's by the guy, the guy who made Man on Wire. Oh, all right, so that sounds interesting. Yeah, interesting. I'm in. Okay, how'd that, how'd that get slipped into the summer? I don't know. That's, That's one of the big summer blockbusters. <laughs> okay, uh, Tom Cr- Tom Tom Hanks rather uh, steps once again behind the camera and in front of it in Larry Crown. No, thank you. No? Have you seen any trailers for that? No, but I mean, I love that thing you do so much. I know, uh, but it looks, oh man, it just really looks so sitcom <laughs> and not good really? sitcom Thank you. Do you know anything about it? I was just still thinking about when he said, I love that thing you do so much. <laughs> 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 uh, but I do, I mean, I, I don't know, the thing you do What's also, Larry uh, Crown about? I don't know. Did you just say? Larry Crown is a resourceful and popular employee at a big box retailer who gets the axe when layoffs hit uh, and sees it as just another problem. He enrolls in junior college and meets a grumpy professor played by Julia Roberts. Okay, I don't want to see it. Soon begins to melt her pessimism with his high-octane positivity. Milk or fat pessimisms? (laughs) I I can watch Tom Hanks in almost anything, especially if he's being positive. Can you watch him alongside Julia Roberts in almost anything? Not if she's playing a grumpy professor or one could say a bad teacher. (laughs) Um, But I I just, because he did that thing you do, I'm going to, you know, I'm like Tom Hanks, when you do that thing you do, I love it. What's that? This is his second directorial effort? Uh, feature, yeah. I think he's done... He's did like those... Uh, that Band of Brothers he did an episode and of... And what? That Moon Show. What was that Moon Show? I think he just produced that. From the Earth's Moon. But it, and, oh. and he also produced Band of Brothers, but I think he directed one episode of that as well. So, moving on to Friends with Benefits, another movie with your bud, Justin Timberlake, in it. Which was made at the same time as No Strings Attached, and they both had the title Friends with Benefits. And also, there was a TV show... On NBC, produced called Friends with Benefits, which features Zach Kreger, good friend of mine. Oh. Um, but uh, well, I know No Strings Attached in its original first draft script play phase was called Fuck Buddies. Yeah, which I think is also bullshit. <laughs> they probably called it that. Well, they called it that probably to get attention. Be like, yeah, this was called Fuck Buddies. Isn't that edgy? Um, well, that's like there's two um, pilots, I guess, in the works for this fall. Um, with the word bitch in the title, and I feel like it's the same thing, just trying to get attention. There's right. uh, Don't Trust the Bitch in Apartment 23, I think is one. And the other one is called Good Christian Bitches. Uh-huh. And neither, neither of them, if they make it to air, will be called those things. Right. It's clearly, as you say, uh, an attention getting. Well, maybe they just think, like, Bobby, you shush it. Maybe they think, um, maybe they think, like, well, shit my dad said made it. Right. Yeah, that's true. Cunt my dad said made it. Right. <laughs> let's call Let's call the show. Cunts. <laughs> um, no cunts attached. <laughs> uh, don't trust the bitch in apartment cunt. Yeah. Um, All right. What the hell did I miss <laughs> when I was in the bathroom? Come on. All <laughs> hell breaks loose. Uh, Dad's gone. <laughs> what happened just now when you were gone is I said Talking about friends the with word benefits. cunt because Josh said it like five times and I didn't want him to be 
out there on his own. It's not a word that I say very often. But I, I feel kind of uncomfortable it. saying it. I didn't it. say it. I don't even. I actually would like a moratorium on the word on the c word uh-huh. and the word douche because yeah. uh, I just think they're really tired and they're and they're just like used for a certain purpose. You know, right? I was only using it that time to right. illustrate. But you're. Uh, do you, I feel. I mean, you're a comic, so you can kind of get away with with that. With what? Because people expect you to be making a joke, whereas if I say that word, the c word, people are like, "Is that was that necessary?" Do people or they really? Just... I mean, why is that such a? Well, no, I don't want to get in that discussion. I was going to say, why? Who even cares? It's just another word. But I, but maybe when I hear the word, I just think, "Oh, that's the word that now that in the last few years people have decided is the word that we shouldn't say." Right, I don't it's... remember. I don't remember that being that word when I was in middle school. That word was fuck. We don't say mm-hmm. fuck. That's as bad as it gets. Or the N word, you know. But the C word is like new bad, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like oh, we actually didn't know that that was actually worse the whole time. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, I, I I don't like hearing it all the time. I don't yeah. use it in my comedy except for when I just did just now. Um, okay, so do we have anything to actually say about friends with benefits? Was that? No, uh-huh. no. Okay, um, horrible. But interestingly, actually, I got one thing to say. Mila Kunis. Natalie Portman, co-stars of Black Swan, started competing Friends with Benefits movies. movies. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they were kind of competing in uh, Black Swan. Uh-huh. Think about it. Now, Spoilers. Ashton Kutcher um, horrible bosses. and Justin Timberlake are also boring. Oh, hor- <laughs> horrible bosses. Um, I, I don't know much about it. It's, I guess it's, a, it's supposed to be a dark comedy. It's got um, a pretty good cast, too. I'm a kind and of it's directed by Seth Gordon, who made the King of Kong documentary. So Why don't means, I care? What's that? I don't care. Oh, you should. Who stars in it? Uh, Jason Bateman, Jason Sudeikis, uh-huh. Charlie Day. Uh-huh. Um, well, I like all those guys. Colin Farrell, Kevin Spacey, Jennifer Aniston. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't like the last three as I much. I think the first three are the employees, and the third three are the horrible bosses of the no. title. And the premise is that these, those first three are all going to kill their respective bosses. Yeah. I mean, it's nine to five, right, basically? I've never seen nine to five. Um, but, uh, uh, nine to five. Well, oh, that one I've seen that one. It's nine but, to five with guys. Uh, but I'm excited to see uh, someone like. That's the thing. I'm not. I'm not a huge Spacey fan. I, I'm starting to like Colin Farrell more than I used to. I'm not a huge Jennifer Aniston fan. But in Swimming the roles of like terrible bosses, it's Swimming like with sharks. Okay. Swimming yeah, I mean, sharks. maybe that's maybe yeah. that's a little too obvious. Uh, Wayne Wang has a new film called Snowflower and the Secret Fan. Oh, hey, he hadn't been around in a while. Don't you yeah. hate Wayne Wang or you like him? Wait. I, did I have an opinion on him at one point? I feel like we, <laughs> he came up once and you're like, I hate Wayne Wang. But I don't not. think I hate him. I think I, I hated... Wayne Knight is who you hate. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think uh, Anywhere But Here is uh, he's like, Hello. an underrated movie. He's like, hello, um, Newman. And he's like, hello. I didn't like The Chambermaid. David. I'm trying to think what else I've seen. I've never seen The Joy Luck Club. What else <laughs> did he make? Smoke, in the fa- Smoke, Blue in the Face. Oh, yeah. Uh, I like smoke those movies. Yeah. No, I didn't see Blue in the Face. I it's, like smoke. Uh, it feels like an afterthought because it is. Okay, yeah. we've all we've kind of hinted. I mean, we've made mention of Captain America this whole time. Um, I'm my hopes are still a little bit cautiously up. Getting sweaty here because uh, it's because they have this CG face on this stupid body, stupid tiny yeah, that, body that's, double. That's exactly why my hopes are up. <laughs> <laughs> CG faces <laughs> on stupid bodies. <laughs> Look, I like CG faces, and I like stupid bodies. No one's ever put them together before. Um, but no, I think... Um, well, it makes me angry for some reason watching. It's like, I don't know why. It's like, it's just, I don't know why that makes me angry. It's like, 
I'm going to try to break it down. That they, that's something, it feels like there's actors' jobs, and they're just saying, well, we don't need actors anymore. Let's just CG these guys. And I, when I say actor, I mean someone who's like physically using their body in multiple ways, you know, to like, like, physicalize a character. But I, I think, and, and they're just saying like, well, we'll get some, some scrawny guy, and we're gonna put the movie star, who's a nobody. I don't know who Chris Evans is. He's not a nobody. He's he was, a nobody. Uh, well, he was. Never he's mind. In a bunch of crap. He's probably movie. a nobody to you. He's in a not another teen movie or something, right? I think and he Cellular, is. he's really good. He's uh, Cellular, which yeah. is a good movie. I didn't see that one, but um, Larry Cohen, I like him. Yeah, he's in the Fantastic Four movies, which I haven't seen. Didn't see him. He was in Sunshine. He's not Danny Boyle's Sunshine. He's in, okay, so maybe he's, he's in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which Tyler and I both like, and I don't. you didn't. Yeah, well, you know, here's my thing with that movie real quick, is that I didn't mind it when I saw it, but as time stretched, I started to like it less and less, and also the the fan base is like, no, no, this is the new thing. It's going to be the next cold hit. And it's like, no, it's not that great. He's kind of an asshole, and the movie just keeps like going, and it's like, well, okay, he's got to fight someone This is like the Bradley Cooper and Hangover thing. I think he's supposed to be an asshole. I think that's the point. I don't like him, though. I don't want to watch this movie about him the whole okay. time. All right. Um, um, but at a certain point, do you fear that your purism is going to have you left behind, that you're only going to be able to watch movies that were made... I think I'm already there. <laughs> I'm already there. I don't like what's being made now. But are, like, aren't, but aren't you gonna? You're gonna be like the person who in 1928 going who wants to hear actors talk. Well, maybe um, yeah, maybe I'm like who wants to see a computer, a, a movie where a guy just sat at a computer and created a performance. You know, I want to see a movie that's shot with movie making equipment starring a person. Who's a talented but, actor? I'm saying acting you, you, with a script you're, that's you're, a good. You're script. having an old-fashioned. I can't believe I'm on this side of the argument. By the way, yeah, um, this is an odd turn of. You're events. having an old-fashioned idea of what movie-making equipment is. It's it's progressed. I mean, the movie Gareth Edwards' movie Monsters was made, you know, on a laptop, or at least all the the Which special I effects heard that movie were good. Monsters. It, it, I, I like it a lot. Um, I, I'm not. I'm. I'm not saying it's not a tool that can be used, but just all these movies, they just. Can't we have like a big movie, a big summer movie that doesn't use all this crap and rely so heavily on it? Can't we just like have the options? But you're talking about one thing in the origin of Captain America. I don't know that I haven't seen a lot. Well, I, I don't know trailer, how much CGI. I know of it. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how much CGI there is. I guess other than Hugo Weaving's face. Is that CGI? Because it looks like a practical know. makeup effect, which I was excited about. Well, I think Joe Johnson is the right guy for. Uh, you know, for uh, Captain America because he's got a sort the of rocketeer, yeah, corny right. Americana. And rocketeer I is what I because I just uh, I went at the uh, shoot at the Egyptian. They showed all three Jurassic Park movies, and uh, I went and stayed for all three for some reason. And uh, and that third movie's terrible. And then the Wolfman I thought was you know okay. I thought it was fairly well directed as far as like thrills and such, but. Uh, and so I'm I just get like mad when I hear about when I think about the Wolfman, okay, because that's a movie where Rick Baker created these practical effects, mm-hmm. and and the studio just chickened out at every step of the way, it just said well, it was CGM, you know? Yeah, that stuff bothers me. And like uh, I mentioned, so I, I'm, I'm I'm fighting I'm fighting for that little guy by hating the whole the whole thing, you know? I'm saying this whole um, idea of everything big. You know, and uh, I'm trying to, I can't, you know what I'm trying to say? I'm fighting, 
I'm I'm saying I hate it all for the sake of the little guy because okay. if you say, oh, I like the CG and I like this, just the little guys like that, those little fights are going to fall through the cracks, I think. But at the same time, if you if you champion a big film that does CGI well, then which is what? What's the one? You're gonna say Lord of the Rings? No, I was. Like, I'd say like Jurassic, like uh, Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park from 1993, and Lord of the Rings, and, and Lord of the Rings, Rings and those Harry movies Potter. Stink to me. They're just so relying on the movies. I don't like any of those movies. Well, They're not well why did you why did you like Jurassic Park? I don't like Jurassic Park. But I'm not a huge fan of it either, but, actually, but. but but that's the right, that's, Jurassic Park's great. That's 1993, and and here we are, 20, almost 20 years later. But the and, point, and but, we haven't really progressed that much. But from the it. point, people still saying well, Jurassic Park dinosaurs look good. Here, here's what I'll say: is that like Jurassic Park works because of CGI. People become too dependent on it to create a whole world, like George Lucas did, um, and they're not using like practical effects, which there is something very tangible tangible about it and so finding the the blend the reason that we point to jurassic park is not because it used less but because it used them right and so by the way i find it funny that captain america is the movie that brought this argument up because it's of the superhero movies this summer it's probably the least cg heavy i'll bet it's right. not i bet there's some cg crap in there but i'm saying it's gonna be less than the like than thor people in well X-Men i'm even talking or about or or certainly based on what we've seen in green lantern I- i'm talking has, which looks like a cartoon. down down to big uh big big scenes featuring thousands of extras yeah you know? that i don't like either that i would much rather see something where they really Put the time in, like getting all these people to recreate this uh, World War Two scene instead of just, you know, they well we're shooting on stage and we're just going to create that later. Like, when was the last time, you know, you, you look at these movies, even just down to silent movies or like movies from the forties or the sixties or the seventies, where or or any of those um, Sergio Leone spaghetti mm-hmm. westerns where they recreate all these war scenes and they've got all these extras and it's just amazing looking. And you're like, that's real. Those are real people. They got all those people on there to create this scene, and someone's directing. That's really directing. And instead... So you're saying telling the CG characters what to do isn't really directing? I'm saying I'm saying that's a movie, you know? That's a mo- made movie. It's not something that a bunch of people sat on a computer for uh, for I months just, and months. I just don't see how that's not... They're both movies. They're both valid ways of making movies. Well, we're talking about semantics. You, I'm talking about like that is okay, if I I feel like everything I'm going to say is like that's filmmaking, that's movie making. That's that's what that's what I I sit and I see that in a the movie theater and I'm like, "Wow. I don't think that when I see a CG when I see a CG spectacle of a, a war recreation, you know? Like when I, it's a real production where mm-hmm. a guy, you know, slaving in front of a computer or 10, 20, 30 guys slaving in front of a computer for a few months does not seem as impressive or interesting to me as them saying they went out to this location, they recreated this period, they got thousands of extras, dressed them up in a costume, and acted out this scene from history. That is way more interesting. And and and, and there's something that's missing you know, when you do it on the computer, there's something missing. There's something that I know. I sound like the crazy old guy on no, his crazy I, you old. You know, I'm, I'm I'm slightly a devil's advocate here because I I actually mostly agree with that, but I just don't want to be closed off to the possibility in the future that the I mean CGI 
It's not done evolving. It's, this isn't as good as it's going to get. It's going to get better. Well, why do you keep saying Jurassic Park? From 1993, hey, the hey, first... I'm not the one who said Jurassic Park. Well, and also, I say it because you won't let me say Lord of the Rings um, <laughs> or King Kong yeah, I mean the, or any of the other movies. They all look bad. They the, all look the, like a the cartoon The Battle of Helm's Deep is exciting to me. The Battle of who? In, in, in the Two Towers, the Battle of Helm's Deep. Oh, I don't uh, remember. Any of that. And that's a lot of CG people, and it's exciting to me. I, but I, it also... Viscerally, I enjoy that in the same way I would I do Braveheart. And that's the thing is like Braveheart's also CG. For wait, really? That was the, that was the first one where they like they oh. they clicked the thing to create all the extra extras. Oh, okay. that's right, that's right. And then they, yeah, they did it again in the, in the Patriot, right? Yeah, yeah. But no, I've 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 had that thought where it's just, and I feel like uh, part of me feels like, well, we're going off on a tangent. But if you're going to talk about summer movies, you have to talk about something like this, unfortunately. Um, which is. There's nothing, because computers can let you do anything, there's nothing inherently impressive about doing anything. In fact, it's more impressive when you limit yourself, and shooting on location, shooting with actors, with practical makeup, is is limiting. And, yeah. I've, and what's, like, I watched uh, a movie that is not very good, which was uh, Survival of the Dead, which is George Romero's right. latest zombie film. Uh, and in it, there's, like, really, there's bad CGI, and I... Uh, and I remember, and, and I listened to the commentary, and he said, you know, a lot of people were wondering why I've been going to CGI lately. He's like, I'll be honest with you, it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. Studios aren't funding my movies. I have to fund them myself, my, myself and CGI is cheaper than a practical effect, yeah. which when you're shooting on location, that's a lot more stuff you got to deal with. So you know, CGI is becoming like a punk rock DIY way of filmmaking well it can be no, i disagree think it's that? not punk rock diy it's the standard diy would be to actually you know try to create it you know despite but I'm saying it if, being if gareth edwards can make gigantic 700 foot tall aliens with just a laptop how is that not as punk rock as anything that trauma was doing in the in the 80s and 90s You're and not, I, well i wouldn't i wouldn't cite trauma <laughs> as the defense but it's, it's pretty punk rock. I'll put it that. I'll I'll agree with that. But it's we'll say, we'll I mean, say Roger Corman. Trauma might not be Roger good Corman movies, but they are definitely, I think, paragons of DIY filmmaking. But that's the thing is, like, for that, like, it it can be twofold. Like, you've got people who don't have a great deal of money, but they want to make a movie, and it's like, well, it's cheaper for us to do it like this. So let's try and do it as as best we can. And but we're we'll still still use practical sets and stuff like that because. We can't create everything out of whole cloth, whereas the studios also recognize that it's probably cheaper and everything is much more in control and much more, I would venture to say, soulless uh, with CG. It's like, it's like, well, why would we send somebody on a location or pay people to build this set when we can just put someone in front of a blue screen and build it later? Like, and And I feel like that's... That is an instinct that is bad, but there's nothing inherently wrong with the technology because the technology is what made a movie like Castaway po- possible. It's the which reliance didn't, on the technology. Yeah, I mean, just as as a real as a way of just it's like this attitude that's just like it's another tool. It's just another tool, and it looks great. It looks great. Like I, I watched, I saw William Friedkin speak at the Arrow uh, about Sorcerer. By the way, William Friedkin is the most entertaining speaker he's so funny and i love it listen to his commentaries too he's like he's just like he's he everything he says sounds like he's outraged but um <laughs> um what must that be like josh <laughs> <laughs> uh 
well, he, he'll, it'll be something over something, you know, really small. It's like, I didn't even know that I was wearing slacks. <laughs> I thought they were just regular army pants. Anyway, uh, he he's talking about he, he, everything he said was awesome. But then someone asked him, like, well, how do you feel about CG? And, and they showed Sorcerer, which is this amazing movie with real stunts. They really take this huge truck and push it across this bridge you know mm-hmm. this bri- and you know and he's talking about how the the truck probably fell in the creek like or in the river like 30 times you know and they had to fish this huge giant truck out of a river to shoot this thing in the rain and the, I, I don't know how much of it's real rain or whatever it looks real it looks amazing and it's not cg and it was made in the 70s and like I just don't believe that this movie with this gravity and the real reactions and you see these actors, you know, put rolling around in the mud could be it would never be made today without CG. And mm-hmm. I don't think that it would be as effective as to a viewer as it would be. That's a good that, that's a good uh, argument. That's the argument I've used back when we did. I don't even know if this is available anymore. Our, our episode on visual effects. Yeah, it's not available anymore. Um, that was that was actually my argument against it, that it any that. You can tell when the actors in the same room or the same space with it. Oh yeah, look at I mean, and I see. And that. this is a big whole other discussion, which you know, I'm sorry to bring up Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Like you see those stunts where they're fighting on the on the the trucks and it's driving fast and the, the branches are swinging by and it's you know it's all green screen, you mm-hmm. know it's all fake. But Indy sliding under the truck, that's a stunt man, and yeah. it's really happening, and you know it's really happening. There's something about seeing a guy like. That guy really – that's a real person jumping off that building or whatever. And, you know, you go to a movie like – And it's gravity. You know, you can see it. You can see on everyone's face. It's real. Like know? a movie like Troy, which I don't think is a very good movie, but in that you get, like, armies fighting, and it's like, yeah, all right. But then you get Brad Pitt and Eric Bana fighting, just a one-on-one fight, and you're you're so much more – uh, invested in that because you can see the sweat, you can see the uh-huh. effort being put in. And so, yeah, like, that's the thing is, I guess I'm also kind of playing devil's advocate because I agree with you that it shouldn't immediately be the default setting, like, and not that I say it should be a last resort, but when people say, like, well, it's a tool, it's like, yes, it is a tool. It is one of many, not the only one. Yeah. So, yeah, it's cheaper to make a cartoon CG guy jumping around than to hire a stuntman who's yeah. skilled. And has and stunts are his craft to really do this amazing stunt, design this amazing stunt yeah, on this I'll, awesome production set. I'll wrap up what I'm going to say, and then we'll move on. Um, yeah, it's a, a movie where so if you can do it without CGI and, and not take the person out of the out of the out of the movie, like say if they had had real bad guys in I Am Legend, and I always use that ex- yeah. example, mm. um, that would have been great. But then would have been like an A plus movie. Yeah, but then. King Kong, even though it's uh, not a good movie, Peter Jackson's King Kong, in my opinion. Boo. Um, if to have, I mean, you you can't have I can't a practical they would CG ape Adrian Brody when <laughs> there's an actual Adrian Brody. Out <laughs> yeah, there. but you you can't uh, to have an actual, I guess, practical ape that big. It would be clunky and unbelievable, and mm-hmm. it would be it, it would take you out of the movie. So I think it's justifiable there. And I but think. Let's, Okay. I said we were going to wrap up. Okay, We've sorry. This would be a whole other episode. I the three of us yeah. have each made closing arguments at mm. this point. So but you got the last word about King Kong. No fair. 
Yeah, he's, well, he's the host. I'm, uh, I'm he's, leading he's holding the magazine. Let's what's um, next? To finish up, there's one small movie in July I wanted to mention because I know you and I, Tyler, have talked about that. It looks interesting called The Perfect Host with David Hyde Pierce. Oh yeah, which is like a home invasion movie. He's a hostage in his own. Is it supposed to be house. funny? No, I think it's supposed to be a, a that's thriller. like a big thing that's that's uh, I've been reading is making a comeback. Home invasion movies are a big. You're going to see a lot of home invasion indie movies and uh-huh. I guess this David Hyde Pierce movie. I just like the idea of David Hyde Pierce like carrying a film. Yeah, I, in a serious role, not not yeah. being laughed at for being prissy or whatever. Yeah, good for David Hyde Pierce. Yeah, yeah I'm excited. Okay, moving on to August and The Help, which I know very little about. On a side note, a... David Hyde Pierce makes a cameo in the Stephen Wright short, <laughs> uh, The Appointments of Dennis Jennings, which is really funny. You should seek it out. And it's like I noticed him. I was like, hey, that looks like David Hyde Pierce. And then in the credits, he doesn't have any lines, but it says, I think it says, like, David Hyde. Huh. Well, we'll make, the, uh, exciting, we'll make mention of that in the show notes, <laughs> <laughs> which was something we haven't done for three years. <laughs> um, all right, the, the, with Dustin Hoffman. The Help. Is that a home invasion movie? No. It's, um, Is it a sequel to a Tooth Fairy? Bl- it's a blockbuster uh, book. It's popular among... Our moms probably oh. <laughs> that kind of that kind of book. I mean, that sounds dismissive. I'm sure it's supposed to be good, uh-huh. but I don't know much about it. It's about um, hey, it's about uh, I guess it's about uh, my doggy. No, black nannies and housemaids in the South in the like 1950s or something. Ooh, oh, everything it's a drama. Yeah, uh, and the who directed it? The darling Emma Stone is in it. Who directed um, it? Tate Taylor. Never heard of it. I think this is his first feature. I could be wrong. Though. Okay. I Actually, feel I I like know. if okay, having drama. having not read the book, um, no, he made a movie called Pretty Ugly People in two thousand nine. Is no. it about uh, anyway? Is it like an imitation of life sort of a thing? No, I think it's. Um, I don't know. I, it's it's about the racial differences between the help and the people. Who yeah, are it being seems helped. like a kind of serious issue movie. Yeah, I, but I, I also feel like it could get kind of self congratulatory, like The Blind Side. Oh, I don't know. What a piece of shit that was, I right? I agree. Yes. That's but it's movie. got a good cast. It's that's got... a movie. Actually, I like that movie, Blonde Side. That's, that's that movie where uh, where that woman, where Sandy Bullock takes that black boy and make him right. <laughs> <laughs> that's that movie, Blonde Side. Because he wasn't right. All right. But he was on them streets, and he was a bad boy. And she take him, and she turned him into a good boy. Save this for the live show, because I really want, I want to talk about Blonde Side in front of people. And I, I want to hear more of that character, actually. I know, uh, but yeah, the cast is good. on the on the On the white side, there's uh, Emma Stone, Emma Stone, Bryce Dallas Howard, and Sissy Spacek, and then you've also got uh, Viola Davis and Octavia Spencer on the on the black side of the of the story. Viola Davis is a good actress. I really like her. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, who else? Uh, Cicely Tyson is in it. Allison Janney is in it. Okay. It's here's a, it's a it's a good cast. It sounds terrible for me to say, but you said two names, Sissy Spacek and Cicely Tyson, and in both cases when you said I'm like, of course they would be in this. <laughs> right. Like, everything about the movie is like uh, a Sissy, Sissy Spacek. Sissy Spacek, is in, she sound like this. Cicely Tyson, she sound like this. Uh, right. I guess those are bad impressions. Is that, is that a version of like that one's 80s the, kind one's of thing? The, one's the melodramatic black woman, one's the melodramatic white woman. Right. In the South. Okay. Um... Moving right along. We are well over two hours now, so let's... Really? Yeah. Wow, we've really been knocking it out. It always happens. <laughs> um, well, what else? Let's just rattle them now, off and we'll give them one-word um, answers. I I was, um, in the end, mostly disappointed, I think, in Zombieland, but I am looking forward to 30 Minutes or Less, Ruben Fleischer's next mm. movie. Yeah, it looks cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like the story. I like the cast. Yeah, it looks good. 
Um, I've I've avoided the trailer. Um, Although I read the script, and it I will say, every line looks like it was written for of Danny McBride's character. Does like feel like they were writing it for Eastbound and Down, uh, Danny mm. McBride. But that being said, the trailer looks good. Okay, um, our idiot brother, um, directed by directed by Jesse Peretz. Um, it stars Paul Rudd, who is in Jesse Peretz's film The Chateau, which I never saw but heard was good and funny. Mm. Um, was a, I think a hit at Sundance or one of Sundance's biggies. What this one or the Chateau? Idiot brother. Yeah, it, uh, our idiot brother. I think was it's got a, it's Elizabeth Banks, Zoe Deschanel, Emily, Emily Mortimer, Paul Rudd, um, uh, Adam tired Scott. Of all these guys. Um, tired of them all. <laughs> Yeah, it, it 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 looks like a Sundance hit type of movie, but I'm keeping my Sundance uh, hit with all these A-listers. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like Sundance these days, kind of. So it's not really an independent movie. Yeah, oh my it's no, faux indie, which is what I meant by Sundance hit. <laughs> that's the kind of thing that is big there. Um, John Madden, director of Shakespeare in Love, has Don't a new film Don't called The Debt, which seems like a how was that movie Kill Shot that he directed. I, didn't see it. It. I heard it was awful, but um, I didn't see it. I bet we would have heard if it were good. This seems like a kind of hi- highbrow thriller. It's kind of, I guess, in the Munich mold in that it's about a Mossad agent. It's got Avatar's Sam Worthington, Boring. Helen Mirren, and Kieran Hines. Or Kieran Hines. Kieran, Sharon Hines. I don't know how you say I like him a lot. Also from Munich. Yeah, that's true. Um... Oh he, man! He always pops up in good movies. Speaking of movies, I don't Somehow care about. He's one of those actors who actually like. There was one year where his career just snapped, and he's like, he's gonna always pop up in good movies. We don't know where he came from, but Rome. He's just, yeah. I mean, he he was a Where'd major role in the movie in the TV show Rome, and once that happened, he played Caesar. Okay. And once that happened, he showed up, not in lead roles. Uh, yeah, but, but he, in yeah, tons of movies where he's like a, a strong supporting role. Like, yeah, he was in like. After Munich, and he was in like oh so many so many. Isn't there will be blood? Yeah, there will be blood. No, That's I'm sorry, favorite. David. What you're gonna say? All right, Helen Mirren also speak- talking about people popping up. Helen Mirren is someone who was just always there, always a solid actress, really good looking when she was young, and then it seemed like there was this major campaign to say everyone will believe that Helen Mirren is hot, and now I think Helen Mirren's hot because enough people said. Isn't Helen Mirren hot? She is very attractive, though. I think. But but would you have thought that like after watching the Gosford Mosquito Park? Coast? Uh, I always really liked her uh, in Gosford Park, even though she's very prim and proper. I always liked her hair in that and thought she was attractive. Okay, uh-huh. now I That's don't want to, I don't want to get into the CGI argument again. We've had it, but it's the only thing really uh, that I'm interested in talking about when it comes to Rise of the Planet of the Apes mm. because they're like completely CG. Like motion capture, as I understand, yeah. the, the apes are, and they do um, these springing into the air sort of thing, which is not, which is they put it in every CG movie. That right. movie just strikes me as a big, just lazy cop out. Let's give it, let's give this brand the treatment. Let's give it the Hollywood treatment that we put on everything. Where uh, we're ordering this up, you know? Yeah, it's it's like oh, we haven't done anything with this in a while. Yeah. In that way, I think it's a lot like the Smurfs. Yeah. All well, right. and everything that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Ryan Reynolds, as we were earlier, he's got a body ah, switching movie. Everything. Ugh. With Jason Bateman called The Change Up, directed ugh. by David Dobkin, who did The Wedding Crashers. Ugh. Um Why? I don't know. It doesn't look good to me. It looks. It's. Why it's. Do it's these like same names and these same things keep popping up. Well, let's do ourselves a favor then and just not talk about it. 
Moving on. Moving on. Conan the Barbarian remake. Oh. Okay. God. <laughs> Who the hell is this guy playing Conan? Jason with this, Momoa? With this modern muscle body. This 2000s muscle body. Uh, why does that make a difference? Well, that was my first... That was the complaint that popped in my head. But I've got all kinds of complaints about it if you watch the trailer. But uh, I, I'm talking about... Bodies change, you know, and I don't, who knows if Arnold's body was appropriate, period appropriate for the period of probably, Conan, which is not a real not. period. Yeah, but that's well, I would say this. Seems like an I would say this. Schwarzenegger's complaint. body matches Frazetta paintings, you know, okay. all this fantasy artwork stuff like that. This guy's body just looks like I don't know. He just looks like a modern day muscle guy. Here's my theory. You need to stop watching so many trailers. They seem to just get you riled up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do. Well, this is my only knowledge of the movie. If I, if I hadn't said that, oh, I'd seen the one picture, and I'd just be like, why are they remaking Conan the Barbarian? <laughs> Who is this schmuck? I'm excited that uh, we've gotten to a point now that we are all so comfortable with Conan O'Brien that no, nobody says Conan anymore, which is Conan the Barbarian has always been how it's said. And That's then, what I said, right? Yeah, but you just Conan? said Conan. Conan the Barbarian. Oh, yeah, good for me. Yeah. Wait, but no, it is supposed to be Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, that is what it's supposed to be, yes. But I said Conan and the Barbarian. it's supposed to be Conan the O'Brien. Maybe because it's so hot in here and I'm <laughs> okay. so worn down by these it's, movies. You're only hot because you've been screaming and squirming about in a chair for two and a half hours. You know what? That's my fault. <laughs> Go ahead and unbutton that button again. That'll really let some of the heat out. And <laughs> um, All right, moving on uh, to the Guillermo del Toro produced Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. I don't care about that. I don't. I, I like his movies, and uh, I never actually did, seen any of his movies. He I saw Hellboy two and Kronos. He didn't direct this one, but um, Advance. And I heard the Orphanage. Was good. Advance Word is good. The Orphanage is awesome, which he I produced. Which he did not also direct. produced. Yeah, this one also is a produced. He didn't. He didn't direct either of those, but um, Advance Word and Don't Be Afraid of the Dark is good. The footage that friends of ours, friends of the show, saw at Comic Con was supposed, supposedly very good. Hi, Bobby. You're a good dog. All right. Talk to my dog, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. Can you, can, can you talk we to him last night? We are so near the end to? here. Okay, home stretch. Home stretch. We're and doing this, it, Bobby. We're doing it. Now I know, Tyler. You said you're uh, coming around lately on Colin Farrell. Yeah. This one will put a it'll it'll drive a stake through that heart. Fright Night, the a remake of Fright Night with Colin Farrell as the vampire. Is Chris Sarandon. Uh, no. As Roddy McDowell. Uh, nope. Roddy Where's McDowell it? is not alive. No, as the oh, okay. role played by Chris Sarandon or Roddy Well, I'm sorry. Oh, I thought you said it's Chris. Uh, he's playing the vampire. I don't know. I never saw Fright Night. Chris Sarandon played. Okay. Well, I like Chris Sarandon. Um, I haven't seen Fright Night. I don't know much about... I don't know. It doesn't doesn't look good it's to me. It's a remake. Who gives no. a shit? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know that I entirely agree. It's from the director of Lars and the Real Girl, which was a movie that I didn't want to see for completely different so reasons. So it's extra... Who gives a shit? Here's a movie... <laughs> Lars and the Real Girl, a movie that sold, that's a faux indie crap, right. sold as this, you know, like, uh, Little Miss Sunshine, excuse me, type stuff, and uh, and it sold as, like, this is a movie for those people, go get him, Bobby, go get him, that sold as, like, um, oh, this is a personal movie, and it's, you know, it's sweet, and it's cute, and it's for all you people who like these types of movies, and then, um, you can just pick them up, and, and, and <laughs> And the director, I don't know who he is, what his name is, he just goes and makes some shitty remake. They say, Craig well, okay, Gillespie. you want Greg, Craig Gillespie. Um, oh, he also made that movie, uh, Mr. Woodcock, didn't he? Oh, did he? 
Yeah, so this guy's a loser. Okay. Um, well, let's end it. I like the nuance of this uh, of this uh, BP supplement. <laughs> I just get, I'm just mad. I'm not saying anything good. I'm just like that guy sucks. Well, it's maybe just, we'll have you I back for sure, like one of these days. One of these days, I'm gonna run into some, one of these guys at the mall, and uh, we'll be talking about movies in the back. I'm a huge BP fan. Battleship Pretension. I'll say I'm a guest on there all the time. My name's Josh Fatem, and they're like. I'm Craig Gillespie. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's finish it up with a, a couple of real winners. Uh, Spy Kids 4, All the Time in the World. Moving on. Um, which has, like... Which is not what we have, so let's keep going. It has none of the, like, none of the cast from the first three. Because uh, they've all gone through puberty? I guess so, yeah. It, it still, no, it still, instead, it stars Jessica Alba and Jeremy Piven. <laughs> so i won't be i'll be you won't seeing, be punishing us with more description of it if i could find a way to not see spy kids 4 more than i didn't see spy kids 3 <laughs> i'll do it here um and then of course in august ending on a bang final destination 5 or 5 null destination <laughs> oh uh, yeah is that is that what the poster is they yeah, yeah. Five it's delightful i didn't see the fourth one but i we i have a, a i have a about that year, uh, like feels like two years ago about <laughs> yeah. like C seven even yeah, <laughs> uh, but I I I have a soft spot for the Final Destination franchise. I think they're fun movies to watch. Are you going to see Five Null Destination, or do I, you, I still, are you going to go back and watch four? I need to watch the fourth one first. Right. I know there's no is continuity. It five Null or is it Five I Null Destination? <laughs> no, it's Five Five Null. It's Five. It's the number Five, and then N A L. Okay, Five Null Destination. Five Null Destination. All right, so um, we'll all be seeing that. This was fun. Well, I think they should have called it Final <laughs> Destination. Final Destination. Did I yeah, tell you? Final. We mentioned uh, Layer Cake earlier on. Did I tell you? Uh, I worked at Blockbuster when it came out on DVD. And uh, for those that may remember uh, how it is written on the DVD, it is L and the number four and then Y E R and then Cake spelled the traditional way. Which movie is this? Layer Cake. Oh, so okay. it's before your cake. Yeah, a guy came up and said, "Do you have? Uh, it's all out up there. Uh, do you have La Foyer cake?" And I'm just like, "What the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> I didn't say that, but I was just like, "I don't know the movie." He's like, "The big British gangster movie." I was like, "Do you have?" Oh, layer cake. He goes, "Oh, oh yeah. I guess that makes more sense." <laughs> do you have head eight in a duffel bag? <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite. This wasn't a misreading of the title. It's just someone getting the title wrong in a hilarious way that uh almost seems intentional someone came to the video store once and asked if we had any copies of mistake river mistake <laughs> river yeah <laughs> oh um do you okay here's a good one i had uh, a few months ago when i was working at cinephile um a guy comes in do you have the hilarious bastards <laughs> <laughs> you mean inglorious no, no, the hilarious bastards. <laughs> I said, "There's no." I said, "Do you know who directed it?" Hmm. Was this no, Bal- was this Balky Bartokamus? <laughs> it was a guy who's probably from. Um, where's Balky from? Mythos, a, a fake place that's supposed to be Greece. Now we do the dance of the something or others. Yeah, yeah, the, it's the, essentially the Greek. Yeah, you said you said like inglorious. No, not inglorious. Don't be ridiculous. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't be, be ridiculous. ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, Josh, we got to have you back for the fall movie preview movie. There will be more movies that we want to you want to see. 
Uh, yeah. Maybe by that time you will be tired of every single thing. Maybe I will. I will be drinking the Kool Aid more. Listen, all right, both of you, shut up because I got to get some stuff out of the way. We haven't uh, yet mentioned our, our next live show, which is fortuitous because Josh will be there uh-huh. uh, June fourth at Meltdown Comics. A uh, few things different this time because we are now um, being presented to you by uh, Nerdist. This is Nerdist at Meltdown presents Battleship Pretension Live. Now, what so, is Nerdist? Uh, it's Chris Hardwick's oh, yeah, uh, that's what I Empire. Um, wow. Uh, so tickets will be 10 bucks. Uh, is Chris Hardwick Not the end of the world. No, he's not. Um, I know they've been five bucks in the past, but seriously, 10 bucks is Nerdist not a lot makes of money. It worth it. You'll be fine. It'll be worth it. It'll be some awesome comics. Josh alone is worth 10 bucks, but also we'll have uh, Kyle Kinane and Mike Schmidt. I will be more energetic, yes. and I won't have to pee. And a fourth uh, comic. To be named. We're yeah. still working out uh, a few things. but, it, but it's Negotiations. Josh, Kyle, and Mike right there. The 40-year-old boy, the death of the party, and... At Josh Fadum. And at, at Josh Fadum. <laughs> and David, you and I will, will we, be there We will well. be there. It'll be 10 bucks. It'll be BYOB, so you don't have to spend any... That, that's the, the, the five bucks you'd normally spend on uh, your beers and tipping your bartender, you don't have to do now. You just bring your own. Yeah. BYOB. That's where your 10 bucks... You spend it's 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 well worth ten bucks. Quit bitching about it. It's June fourth at eight p.m. at Meltdown Comics on Sunset Boulevard in 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 beautiful downtown Hollywood. Uh, be there. Be and um, if you haven't gotten your prize packages yet, we're still working on it for the donation oh, drive. Yeah, sorry about that, everybody. No, it's not. I mean, it's not entirely our fault. Um, hey. Tyler, least, you have a a, a DVD wh- of wh- With Honors. Uh, all right, on the one, table one of the person, one of the people who owes us, who owes us prizes had a death in the family, and had, so we're working stuff out. Mm. With Honors, with Joe Pesci. Let me tell you something, lady. Do I look like a stool pigeon to you? Something like that. <laughs> Isn't that something he says in the movie? <laughs> I don't know. He's I don't like, know. I've never seen the, it. The, with Honors, what do I look like? A guy who's at the one nothing. <laughs> you guys haven't seen With Honors? No. It's Why my, do you have the DVDs? It's a gift? Because I'm a, I'm a married man. You're a married man? He's a married yes, man. and uh, so not everything that is in this apartment is uh, purely mine. I've seen that movie several times. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, we are going to shut out the podcast Lady, and, and the watch. Do I look like I like standing out here in my undies? Maybe it's a scene like that. You know what? Maybe let's take a page from Mike Schmidt and just fade out since... Uh, <laughs> no, let's let's go watch with Honest, fade him guys. Um, Josh, thanks for being here. Thanks for some movie previewing with us. My pleasure. And Boy, this was a rough one. And it was fun. It was rough All on right. me. Thank you for listening and come to the live show. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.